privileges of EFM KUFO, like no radio station has done before. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is 2 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 5 in this, the month of August, in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. It is uh, the Rick Emerson radio program. I am he. Thank you for uh, joining us on this Friday. It's 503-228-4101 today and every day, 503 503- 228-4101. You can also text if you like at 52051, or you can email. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com for Tim Riley or Greg Nibbler. Our esteemed production assistant can be reached at Nibbler, N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Uh, so before we do anything else, uh, we should say, and I put this on the, I put this on my webpage last night, and we, I posted this to, uh, to, the, to Facebook and Twitter and whatever. So we were talking about this all morning, but coming up later on today in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be giving you a chance to win. This is probably the sing- I don't know if this is the single coolest thing we've given away since we've been here. It might be. I mean, this might be, this might be the best thing that we've had to give away. A pair of front row tickets to see ACDC and their only Northwest appearance, which is this coming Monday night at the Tacoma Dome. Along with a $50 Shell gas card to help you uh, fill your tank for the uh, trip up there. Tickets provided by Sony Music Entertainment and Columbia Records. So at some point in the uh, some point in the program, you're going to get a chance to win a front row pair of passes, the ACDC, for Monday night show at the Tacoma Dome. So incidentally, you want to be working if you have like some sort of like a sickly rasp or like a some sort of a like a, a phlegm ridden coughing sound that you can do. You might want to be working on that. Uh, now, because uh, it is Monday, so you'll need to be preparing your excuse uh, for your work, like as of this moment. So, be listening. Coming up today, you will get a chance at that, and uh, in just a few minutes, I will explain exactly how that's going to work. We're going to tell you exactly what you have to do to be able to get yourself a pair of front row tickets to ACDC. That is from Monday night's show. So, which is uh, just it's just it, like nine different kinds of fried sliced gold. So, be listening for that. Uh, coming up later on today, we'll talk to Aaron Geek in the City Duran with the uh, Week in Geek. Dax Holt from TMZ joins us. I'm going to spoil the mystery for everybody. So it wasn't actually heroin they found in Michael Jackson's bedroom, apparently. I guess they found... I don't even know what a heroin-like substance is. I would think the only heroin-like substance is, like, heroin. heroin? But apparently not. I, I guess I'm not really as schooled as some in the ways of various narcotics. So we'll talk to Dax Holt about uh, uh, that. Talk about this nutcase... The, the guy in California that had the girl in the, the, the whole weird series of tents and tarps and underground mazes. He, I mean, he was some sort of a Californian equivalent to that Austrian guy. He was the above-ground equivalent. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like an above-ground swimming pool, but uh, but more kidnappy. 
So we'll uh, talk about that. CNN Radio correspondent James Rupp will join us from Los Angeles to weigh in with uh, the brand of righteous and slightly drawn uh, indignation that uh, you know that only he can really do. Chloe Kardashian, amazingly enough, uh, will be joining us on uh, today's show. I'm pleased to be telling me you're going to ask her that leather question. Oh, about her about her store? Yes. Well, it just strikes me as a little odd that she was part of that PETA campaign. And I this she's is she's like one of their most outspoken, like crazy members about it. Well, there's there's no other kind, really. Um, P.S. Uh, Jonathan Colton would say the people in PETA are not just crazy; they're Tom Cruise crazy. And as evidenced by the fact that they don't even have any internal consistency or logic to what they do. Because Khloe Kardashian, who, as Greg Nibbler put it, this is his assessment, by the way, when he said that she was the fat Kardashian. Which is a thing I immediately, I, I, uh, I hung that on him yesterday when I went upstairs and there was some, somebody came up and this is, tried to start a ruckus with me about calling her the fat Kardashian. And did I stand up like a man and defend my statements? No, I immediately just put it on Greg. Oh, that's Greg who said that, baby. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. But she's part of that I'd rather go naked than wear fur campaign where you know, she poses in the all together and I think in Vanity Fair and Vogue or something, you know, where she looks like she's nude and it's, you know, because she's opposed to wearing, because she's opposed to wearing fur unless you take the hair off of it and then you can wear it and that's called leather. Because if you go to her store, which is the Dash store that she and, who's the other sister that's not Kim? Courtney. Courtney. So, so Courtney and, Cl- I, I mean, we sound like we had to start doing each other's hair and applying rouge or something at a slumber party when we talk like this. But Courtney and Chloe Kardashian have a store at which they sell leather. And leather is fur. There's no difference. So, I mean, cutting off part of it. Apparently, there's only certain animals that look stylish when they're killed and then worn around your, uh, you know, your bony frame as it's wandering down, uh, you know, Rodeo Drive. And it just strikes me as strange. That's all. In any event. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Excellent. Hello, how are you today? Hello, I'm doing well. I went home after the show yesterday and listened to that uh, Tommy Wiseau interview again. It was really? the greatest thing ever. So we, uh, we, I have a new appreciation for him this morning. We interviewed Tommy Wiseau, who is the writer, director, producer, and star of the movie The Room, which is going to be at Cinema 21 tonight. And Tim had never seen it, so you took the DVD home last night. First thoughts, impressions about the movie The Room. My stomach hurts so much from laughing. Yeah, isn't it fantastic? It, it is incredible. Yeah, it really is. It's like nothing, I won't say it's like nothing I've ever seen, but you think that movies like that stopped being made when Ed Wood died, right? But uh, I did a little more research, and there are some stunning parallels, like, like filming it in an alleyway of an abandoned studio on Highland <laughs> Avenue in Hollywood. It's like, where did they ever find that? But somebody did. Oh, is that yeah. where they were playing football? Yeah. All right. In, in that back alley on a closed studio on Highland Boulevard. And who knew that the studio was still there? But they found it. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, it's and put it to good use. It's quite exceptional. It's uh, 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we'll pay a visit to the news desk. Uh, but I do want to remind you that coming up at some point today, yeah, you will uh, get your chance to win a pair of front row tickets to see ACDC at the Tacoma Dome for this coming Monday night's show. So at 520 this morning... We will explain exactly how that will work. You're going to be listening at 5.20 this morning. About uh, 10 minutes from now, we will explain exactly how you can get yourself uh, that shot of the tickets. Let's pay a brief visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 5.09. We'll have showers today. Highs in the upper 70s. Okay, there's a lot on our plates this morning, so let's start uh, with some local stuff first. A little forward intrigue, it's like something out of a James Bond movie. The son of an ex-CIA agent from Portland admits he sold secrets to the Russians. 
Nathaniel Nicholson has pled guilty to conspiracy. The Fed said he traveled around the world taking money from the Ruskies. Now, his dad, Jim, was the CIA's chief instructor of spy tradecraft. He was convicted of selling information to the Russians in 1997. That, that is the dad. And he was sentenced to 23 years in prison. So apparently selling secrets to the Russians is the family business. I always wonder how guys become spies or double agents or, uh, you know, sort of undercover operatives or whatever like that. Was that the, the Aldrich Ames guy? Uh-huh. And then there was somebody else. Aldrich Ames wasn't the guy that they, that, that, that they made that movie about a couple years ago. There was that movie that came out a couple years ago with Chris Cooper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He played the nutcase mm-hmm. next door neighbor in uh, American Beauty, mm-hmm. but he was in that. I forget whatever that movie was, but he was in, he was another one where uh, you know, for like fifteen years or something he was just busy peddling uh, secrets to uh, to Ivan, which is, I, I mean, clearly that stuff goes on. I mean, I, you know, it was a very serious business. Probably still is at a certain point, just not with the Russians, I would imagine. But I just don't know how that begins. How you sort of you know? I, I, well, the CIA begins recruiting at the college level. Anyone who has an interest in politics will get an email from the CIA. Is that true? Is it like? Is it like like, like if you uh, buy something at Amazon, suddenly I find myself getting like like Ticketmaster emails day and night? <laughs> Same thing. All right. So if it's... you have an interest in government or politics or anything like that, you will get an email from the CIA offering you an internship. To we spend see the summer there. Purchase one seasons one through five of the West Wing. Would you be interested in working for a black ops organization? Please exactly. click here. Exactly. That's well, the way well, it works. Well, duly noted. Okay. So uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Zane, let's make that, Zach Gray swatted a bee. Did, and you, then, did you almost say that Zane Gray did I did, did because something? it looks just like it. Zach Gray and Zane Gray. All right. But this is Zach Gray, who swatted a bee and then was stung by 200 more. This happened in Legrand. He was saved by Good Samaritans. So he was covered with bees from head to toe when his brother Richard tried to help, and he soon was covered with them. Two people who saw what was going on hosed the bees off the two guys. The beehives had been stacked on top of trucks waiting to be taken to Washington. It's unknown what put them in such a bad mood. Wait, so there were beehives stacked on top of... You mean that, they, they were, in other words, it was like a commercial bee operation, like for yeah. honey making or whatever? Like bees are us. Why, if you were standing... Look, I don't mean to cast aspersions on his intelligence, but if you were standing next to a, a truck and the back of said truck was, quote, stacked with beehives, why would you pick exactly that spot to be standing on when you swatted a bee? What do you think they're going to do? do? I mean... Is there a con- well, he, he may have been a few feet away from it, but the rest of the uh, the bees in the... Uh, I'm standing next to 9 billion area. bees. Maybe I'll begin killing their brethren and see exactly what happens to me. You, know, you kill a bee standing next to uh, you know all the other bees in the neighborhood. Well, you- these bees were known to be passive on most occasions. Were they? Yes. Is that what except they said? For this as, one, as except they were, for this one time. As they, were, as they were swarming the guy from head to toe. <laughs> we're really passive. <laughs> But it didn't happen. Okay. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, get caught up around the corner. Uh, let's see. So I'll save all these other stories for a little bit later. Uh, there's a bizarre case of upskirt photography being investigated in the coup, where a guy hit a camera and himself in stacks of books in the library, and then was taking pictures of ladies. So one woman walked by, she heard that, the, the, the taking picture noise. It's the weirdest thing. Every time I walk by that Danielle Steele book, its eyes seem to follow me everywhere. Exactly. So she confronted this unsavory shutterbug who then ran away, but she got a good look at him. And now police are looking for pictures of sex offenders, but there were so many of them in the coup they don't know where to start. Sounds like the it got a good look at him. It was sort of a that was a mutual thing going on right there. Mm-hmm. So that is weird. He hid inside he, a stack of books? Yes. Was he real camera. small or were the books well, real big? Well, you know, you can be on the other side of the stack. Say there's an aisle, then there's a stack. So you're and then there's another aisle after oh, the stack. I see. So, so you it? push the books aside, you stick your camera way down low, so you would have to be down low to do upskirt photography. So he's in the bottom row of books, 
at the Vancouver Library, I th- snapping pictures of women's skirts. How many books could there be at the Vancouver Library, first of all? Lots of them. Who's reading? Sorry. <laughs> Set and match, Tim Riley. I'm just kidding, of course. That's the... We're all family here. Va- Vancouver's like the Harvard <laughs> of Washington State. We all know it's a well-read town. That's the kind of rapier-like wit you're going to be experiencing for the next uh, three hours and 45 minutes. All right, coming up at 5.20, we will tell you exactly how you can win yourself a pair of front-row tickets to see ACDC this coming Monday night at the Tacoma Dome. Straight ahead, we have seen a radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins, joining us as well. Up later on this morning, Chloe Kardashian, uh, as well as Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Pick up the phone and call. You need to This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. So coming up at some point in today's program, later on today, you're going to get a chance to win a pair of front row tickets to see ACDC at the Tacoma Dome this coming Monday, along with a $50 Shell gas card. It's the only uh, Northwest appearance, the only Northwest appearance they are doing. Tacoma Dome, Monday nights. Now, it's not like uh, two weeks from Monday or several Mondays from now uh, or a Monday sometime next year. That is this coming Monday night in the Tacoma Dome, front row tickets for ACDC. Are you a little jealous? I I really am, actually. (laughs) I have to tell you, I've missed ACDC. Not only uh, not only am I going to miss them this coming Monday, I've actually missed them the last, I think, at least the last two times they've come to the Tacoma Dome. And I've actually only ever seen them once in my life anyway. I have saw ACDC once. I saw ACDC on the Razor's Edge Tour, which would have been like 1991, I think. Um, March of 91, something like that. And they were in... Um, they were in Seattle at what used to be the Seattle Center, which I think is now the Key Arena. Anyway, but and they, they're fantastic. They're just the greatest hard rock band of all time. There's just no doubt about that. So what is going to be happening is in about, uh, I don't know, six, seven minutes, you're going to hear an ACDC montage. It's going to be a montage of ACDC songs. And I want you to be listening to it, and I want you to be thinking about it, and be processing it, and at some point later on today... You will get the chance to call up and identify the songs in the montage in order. And if you can do that when you are prompted to do so, you win yourself uh, front row tickets to see ACDC at the Tacoma Dome this coming Monday. So in just a few moments, we will uh, play that montage for you. And then later on today, if you can correctly identify the songs that have been played in the correct order in that montage, then you will score yourself front row tickets to ACDC. It's all very exciting. Uh, we've also got uh, some other things. We've got tickets to Joe Rogan that we're going to be giving away today as well. Uh, tonight is his performance at the Aladdin, and then he's going to be doing the color commentating at the uh, UFC match tomorrow. So be listening for all that. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland. 527 now. We can expect some showers today. Highs in the upper 70s. And a warm weekend coming up. Well, those of us who live on the west side, get ready for major gridlock. The Portland International Air Show is now underway. Opening festivities of the three-day event featured National Guard fighter jets taking a spin in the skies overhead, frightening all the animals. It also uh, brings spectators some thrilling entertainment like aerial 
acrobatics, parachute shows, and a giant car-crushing robot in the sky. No, that's on the ground. Are you making part of this up? No, this is all true. If it's an air show, why is there a giant car-crushing robot on the ground? That is a good question. I don't know. Was this just like they had to schedule the program? When they when they were putting it all together, there was a catalog of things that were offered to them, and I mean that was really all they could afford at that time. Or badass. Or they or did they just decide it was so unbelievably righteous they had to do it regardless? Could you turn down a giant car-crushing robot? You know, actually, no. I just I, hope I it doesn't run amok and start going through the adjoining neighborhoods. There were enough problems there last weekend <laughs> over another event. <laughs> Not only are people speaking in profane language loudly, there's a giant car-crushing robot. The Mudvayne robot havoc. is stomping its way through Tannisborn. I'm picturing just turning on the uh, just turning on the television as the robot is kicking over your townhouse like it's Tokyo. Uh-huh. It's, you know, it's, Stomping through your, uh, stomping through your rose bushes. That would be a, a very accurate fear yes. at this point. This is the first I have read of the giant car crushing robot. Well, look, can we be honest? The air show causes nothing but trouble for your neighborhood, Tim. It does. So far, there have been no injuries. Well, there's still vacant lots left from the last incident, though. <laughs> well, How we many won't get into years that. ago was that? That was like two, three. The, the, uh, the, the we were filming a pilot for a bad television program in my neighborhood that day. Wait, we well, were or you were? I was. All right. Because we've all and all of some... a sudden there were there were the signs of sirens and a mushroom cloud appearing over my backyard. <laughs> Felt like you were filming it, a... and, and a guy on television saying, "This is a very safe air show." You were filming an ad hoc episode of Jericho. Yes. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So, uh, what's going on with uh, Ted Kennedy today? Well, he's still uh, not with us, and the public viewing continues. By the way, it was open till like two a.m. this morning. There were so many people lined up outside of the Kennedy Library. And I was I was watching Anderson Cooper, and I'm wondering why is Anderson Cooper on the left side of the screen at the Kennedy Wake in a T-shirt of all times to be wearing a T-shirt, and it turned out he was in New Orleans, but oh, yeah, never got was, to do very yeah. much about it yeah. because all this other stuff going on, you know, with girls being fine in tents and backyards, and he really didn't get to do what he was supposed to do there. So uh, anyway, uh, there'll be a private memorial service for uh, Ted Kennedy at the JFK Library this evening. Tomorrow it's the uh, funeral where Barack Obama will speak. And then the body will be flown to Arlington National Cemetery and uh, buried next to his uh, brothers. In just a bit, actually, I, I, I don't think you've seen this yet. Uh, that story that came out about Nixon and about uh, oh yeah, I want to hear that. I know this. You'll this will be hard for you to believe, but apparently Nixon spent uh, a lot of his time in the White House trying to screw Ted Kennedy out, out of his Senate seat because because he uh, Nixon is evil. I mean, not that Ted Kennedy's uh, not evil. He probably was in the same way that all politicians are. I mean. Well, he had a heart of gold. I was going to say more or less, depending if you ask Mary Jo Kopechny's family. But Nixon spent a lot of time just sitting in his office, just seething. Just said, damn, Kennedy's get away with everything. And so there's this great transcript that came out today. All, I won't give most of it away. So this to is going to be a, a plot for still another play. It was, and it should be, I guess. It's this transcript. And you know, the thing about the Kennedy tapes is, uh, or the Nixon tapes, others, when you read them, you really have to keep reminding yourself that this is an actual president. Like, this is the most powerful... Me- this isn't like a, like like the character that you see on Futurama who's stomping around with, a, like, a cyborg body. I mean, this is like the actual guy who ran the whole, the whole joint. And he's sitting there bitching to Bob Haldeman. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. About how, because of Ted Kennedy's influence, Joan Nixon suddenly wanted to wear hot pants. And that's not going to happen. But who sits there and worries about his wife wearing hot pants and then decides to blame it on the Kennedys? She was born on St. Patrick's Day, you know, and then with a respectable Republican cloth coat. And then instructs his chief of staff, Bob Haldeman, to find a way to screw Ted Kennedy because he doesn't like the fact that Joan Nixon suddenly wants to wear hot pants and Nixon can't have that.
Anyway, so we'll uh, we'll read some of that uh, here just a bit. Straight ahead, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, about the passing of Ted Kennedy coming up later on today. Khloe Kardashian will join us. Maybe I'll ask her what Ted Kennedy's uh, greatest achievement was. I mean, in her considerable estimation. Uh, Aaron Duran from uh, with the uh, the Week and Geek will join us uh, later on today, and Dax Holt from TMZ. Straight ahead, the ACDC montage. Be listening. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone. As a rock star, you know I was being a rock star in the music through Limp Bizkit. The rock star. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up later on, we'll talk to Aaron Duran of GeekInTheCity.com. With the Week in Geek, Dax Holt from TMZ will uh, join us at 8 o'clock. At 8.20, Jim Roop from uh, Los Angeles. And believe it or not, at 7 o'clock, one of the lesser Kardashians, which is really just the most relative of statements, I suppose. Uh, Chloe Kardashian will uh, uh, be speaking with us at 7 o'clock. Don't forget, later on today, we're going to give you your shot at front row tickets to see ACDC this coming Monday in the Tacoma Dome along with a $50 Shell gas card to help you uh, fill your tank for that trip. Uh, tickets provided by Sony Music Entertainment and Columbia Records. So in just one uh, moment here, we'll be joined by CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. But I'm going to play something for you here. Now, you want to be listening very closely to this. Coming up later on today. You will get the chance to be caller 10 to correctly identify the following four ACDC songs in order. I'm going to play you this ACDC montage. Be listening closely because later on today you'll get a chance to identify these four songs in order. From the Hill, ladies and gentlemen. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins, joins us now on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello, Lisa. How are you on this fine Friday? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm good. Do you have any questions for uh, Khloe Kardashian? Maybe anything that's been bothering you, something that's keeping you awake at night you'd like me to ask? About Khloe Kardashian. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope that she knows that, that she personally is attributed with the rise of the name Khloe on the most popular names list. Are you making that up? No, it's true by the Social Security Administration, and I, it's sad to say that little tidbit actually entered a story that I put on air um, a few months ago. I was about to uh, I was about to ask if that was a thing you had sort of fabricated, if that was a thing you were just making up, or if you did in fact have that bit of knowledge at your fingertips. I think it would have been better if I'd made it up, but it is actually true. Uh, well, hey, did you see? Let me ask you this real quickly. Did you see this insane story that came out about uh, about Richard Nixon? And Bob Haldeman having this conversation about Ted Kennedy and the fact that Pat Nixon kept wanting to wear hot pants. No, I haven't. I can't believe I haven't seen this. No, it's the most amazing thing. And I think I actually, and I think I referred to her as uh, as Joan Nixon earlier on because I'm thinking, thinking of Joan, Joan Allen. Kennedy. No, I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking of Joan Kennedy and Joan Allen from the Oliver Stone movie Nixon. And oh, you yeah. know, and plus it's all plus it's all very early in my head. There was a great story that came out. This is, uh, this came out today. I saw this on Yahoo. President Richard Nixon considered Ted Kennedy such a threat he tried to catch Kennedy cheating on his wife, evening or ordering aides to recruit secret uh, service agents to spill secrets on the senator's behavior. And then he well, that just I knew, but I, he, he talks about um, he talks about Kennedy as being a super swinger set jet uh, a jet set type. And then he makes this observation about how Pat Nixon 
Pat Nixon made some statement about wanting to wear hot pants or finding hot pants to be, you know, fashionable or stylish. And Nixon, in some strange labyrinth section of his brain that really can't be understood by normal human thinking, somehow put that on the Kennedy family and then decided that that was yet more evidence of the Kennedy family's rampant immorality. It's all it's the most bizarre thing. I'm looking at this now, looking at this transcript, and apparently... Haldeman is is telling him, I, I'm guessing it must be about Joan Kennedy saying that, that she showed up at the White House wearing some leather gaucho with a bare midriff. A leather gaucho. Yes. And then and then someone else on the call says, wait, don't they just put a body stocking on you? It's flesh tone. And then there's back, there's like a whole back and forth, like what? And then they're saying, oh, you look at her and you from a distance, you think, my God, you know, there she is. And I don't and, even know what a gaucho is. I thought a gaucho was a guy who worked for hire along the Mexican no. border killing uh, federales. I have no, I have no idea. It's amazing. I think it's like a serape. And I guess they're saying that Joan Kennedy wanted to wear hot pants, but Teddy told her that she couldn't. Oh, wait a minute. So, okay, so this is so this is all very confusing. So this wasn't Pat Nixon because don't get me wrong. Not that Pat Nixon wouldn't have looked fetching in hot pants, but I mean, it, I mean, so it was Joan Kennedy who wanted to wear hot pants. My, yeah, because Haldeman starts out the conversation saying, hey, did you see his wife come here to the White House again in that crazy outfit? Literally, he says crazy outfit. And, uh, and then they, they're going on and on. And then they said she was going to wear hot pants, but Teddy told her she couldn't. So instead, she wore, quote, a leather gaucho, which I'm quickly looking up to make sure I correctly understand. And then Nixon follows up by saying, quote, it's very crude. Yes, yes, it's very crude. Awesome. And then someone else, they're weird people. They really are. Uh, I have to tell you, that makes so much... I am really relieved in a horrible way to find out that it wasn't Pat Nixon who wanted to wear hot pants. Because as fascinating and humorous as that was, it just made no sense. It was one of those images my brain... It's like when you try to see something online and it says, like, 404, file not found. And like, you just, you can't conjure it up. It, I mean, on dictionary.com, it just says gaucho pants. It, it has some kind of reference to, like, like South American-style um, Indian kind of native pants. Native pants. I don't know. The next time I go to the store to buy any clothing, I'm going to tell them I want a pair of native pants to wear around. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now that we've already gone off the rails here today, exactly right, hey. what is the uh, – so what is the, the series of events now uh, regarding uh, Ted Kennedy's – You know, his, because there's – I don't know how this works. I mean, I haven't been to any sort of – like a Catholic church as a participant in, in a long time. So I don't really remember. There's a wake, and then there's a mass, and then there's a service, and then there's a funeral, but they're all different right. things. And plus, then you add in the fact that – you know he's going to lie lie in state, as they say, and uh, and then he's going to be traveling at some point. So what happens when he's traveling? Right, exactly. He's getting his papers together. Right. Um, yeah, this is the deal: is they've got uh, public viewing. I guess you know, actually, really public. Uh, the public will file past the casket today until about three p.m. our time, so about noon your time, and then around uh, sometime around four p.m. your time will be this celebration of life. The Kennedys family does, would, is asking us to call it a celebration, not a memorial service. And that's where you'll hear from Caroline Kennedy, Joe Kennedy, the son of um, Robert Kennedy, and you also hear, you know, John McCain, John Kerry, Joe Biden. Those guys will all be speaking at that at the Kennedy Library tonight. Then tomorrow will be the funeral mass, and that is at a basilica in Boston um, that is well known. It's called the Mission Church. And, and there will be the funeral mass there. Then from, from that point, and that's where President Obama will speak, from that 
that point, the casket will be um, taken to the airport, flown here to Washington, and then there will be a burial service at Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, Ted Kennedy's body will lie about 90 feet away from his brothers, um, RFK and JFK. I am noting right here, it says, Tomorrow the reflections move to a funeral mass at Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Which- yes. But that sounds like some sort of a, I mean, I remember that there'd be like Our Lady of the Blessed Shroud or of the Immaculate Ascension or something. Our Lady of Perpetual Help, it, that sounds like some sort of like a religious, uh, like a religious home cleaning service uh, that one might, you know, no, 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 the uh, the windows are going to be tidied up by Our Lady of Perpetual Help uh, and faucet maintenance who's going to be stopping by later on today. Is there... Gonna, there's some people that wonder if that church was chosen because it, it's it's not the seat of the bishop there, and some people wonder, well, maybe the bishop didn't want to have, um, you know, Ted Kennedy's funeral because Ted Kennedy has taken many more liberal positions in the church, and of course he's got that whole matter of the divorce. You know, I don't know. The Kennedy family says that this church was chosen because Ted Kennedy and his daughter prayed there every day when she was going through her battle with cancer, and that it's a church that means a lot to them. So that's why that's why they say they chose it. Is there going to be some sort of political version of the moment of silence where everybody uh, stops shrieking at one another and uh, hurling invective just long enough to, uh, you know, to allow, you know, the, the, the sort of moment to pass before? I mean, I know everybody's sort of on vacation right now, but is, yeah. there, but is there going to be any sort of, um, how do I put this? Is there going to be any sort of change in the tone of, let's say, the healthcare debate as it moves forward, given the fact that Ted Kennedy was such a huge proponent of healthcare reform? Or is this going to be a thing we all think about for a couple of days, and you know, and then we immediately just go back to the to the slinging and the and the, and the horribleness? Yeah, I think I'm going with that second option. Although I think there will be a change, and I think the change will be the name Ted Kennedy will come up a lot more. And the people are going to try to say, well, as a, as a, you know, as a late esteemed colleague of ours would have said, and then you like roll out the Ted Kennedy quote. I have to actually say that I mentioned this yesterday and I can't take credit for it. This was my wife's idea. My wife, who is from Utah, had the greatest sort of Mr. Smith goes to Washington, uh, at the moment that she was visualizing in her head because Orrin Hatch and Ted Kennedy, uh, you know, were the friends you and know, sort of. Hatch wrote a song about Ted Kennedy. Is that true? Yes. Please tell me you have audio of that. Um, I don't know. I, I do have auto. He didn't sing it, but but I'll send you the lyrics, and you need to read them on air. You he, will enjoy them. Wait, he wrote a song about Ted Kennedy, like, just yesterday or, or while Ted Kennedy was still alive? He wrote it when Ted Kennedy was still alive and had it recorded and all that. And I'll, I'll send it to you. You're going you're gonna to like it a lot. Okay, I'm going to ask you something right now, and I want you to know you can be honest with me. Were Orrin Hatch and Ted Kennedy dating? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, I don't know that anyone's actually asked them, but I, I'm pretty sure they were not. <laughs> Would you like to go to the spring formal with me, Ted Kennedy? And I would pin you, but not in a gay way. I have no idea why Orrin Hatch would be writing a song about Ted Kennedy while he was still alive. That I'm not disputing he did that. It just seems a little bizarre. Yeah. Well, no, I think it was. I think he was. Um, I think he was sick already. But I'm. I'm not sure. I need to. I see. Song. All right. Well, that makes that's way more entertaining. Than what I was going to say, but uh, but Lara had this idea that Orrin Hatch, who's Conservative credentials obviously cannot be questioned at all because he's you know, very religious, very staunch, very right wing from from Utah that he actually should have this great moment where uh, whenever whatever version of health care reform actually, you know, finally gets shoved through that Orrin Hatch should uh, at his earliest opportunity vote how Ted Kennedy would have voted, but make a little sort of, uh, you know, Jimmy Stewart esque speech about how and I cast this vote now not for me. But for my fallen friend, who cannot be here today, this vote is for Ted Kennedy. And then, you know, and then he cast the vote as though Ted Kennedy 
uh, were there voting uh, that way because obviously he's got such staunch, staunch conservative credentials that you know nobody in Utah is going to have any problem with that because they would recognize what it is and what it isn't. And then it's a great sort of maudlin moment that can inevitably be turned into some sort of made-for-TV movie. which which is actually something that people in Washington think about a lot. I I think they might. I'm just saying. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll try and get the ball rolling with asking people around here, you know, do you think that this should happen? All right. And and at your earliest opportunity, if you want to send me that, uh, send me that Orrin Hatch song, and then I'll uh, I'll perform that for the good people of uh, of Portland later on, like a Ginsburg poem. Yes, it's it's pretty awesome. Excellent. It's called it's called heading headed home. I think is the name of it. Uh, real quickly before we wrap this up, do we know anything about the succession and what happens now? Because it's I mean there's a political <laughs> void that's got to be filled at it's some all point. Up in there. Right, I know Tim. I'm sure is all over this. Yeah, they the we now know the Massachusetts governor and the two uh, top men in the legislature are the two top officers there are going to try and change Massachusetts law so that the governor can appoint a temporary replacement. Uh, but you know we we don't know. When that's going to happen, or how long that would take, if they're not able to do that, then it will be there will be a special election, probably the last week of January, maybe the first week of February, which would mean you know that that's a vote that's off the table in all of these debates, healthcare, climate change, all of that. Mm. So they're trying to get somebody in there much sooner if they if they can. But you know, Republicans are right to point out the reason the law is the way it is is that Democrats didn't want Mitt Romney, a Republican governor, to be able to appoint someone if. John Kerry became president. So Democrats changed the law so a Republican couldn't appoint a senator. And now now they've lost their Democratic senator. And uh, That's awesome. So, yeah. Oh, all right. And, I, and the other problem right now is Massachusetts needs a big name because they're afraid of losing all that clout that they've had for decades now. Lose their, they'll, lose, they'll have to go sit at the card table in the garage. Mm-hmm. All right. On that note, Lisa, uh, I would like to uh, say two things. One, have a fantastic weekend. And two, remember the word of the day is gaucho. So, there you go. Thank you, Lisa. Okay. All right, there you go. Gaucho, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Which is apparently a leather. What did you say it was, Tim? Kind of like a serape, like a poncho type of thing. I don't know what a serape is. Sarah, serape? Is that like a. That is, sounds like food to me. Is that like a sarong? No, no, no. It, it's um, it, it's a thing that has a hole in it and you put it over yourself like a poncho. Like a burka? Wait a minute. The serape is what the gauchos wear. It is like a thick scarf. Now wait a minute. I just around yourself. I, I thought a gaucho, gaucho was a piece of clothing. Didn't she just thought, say a, a gaucho I was thought like a gaucho pants? I thought a gaucho was like a leather wrap of some kind. No, no, no. It, it has nothing to do with leather. A cowboy does not wear <laughs> leather around his neck. That's a, no, well, but that's not true. I thought the cowboys were all about leather. Not in, you know not in that way. I think you're thinking about a different kind of cowboy. I'm thinking about the village people. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Say there, partner. Who wants to go saddle up and get a seltzer? I'm embarrassed by this whole show sometimes. Oh, don't be. <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only one that thought that. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. Say there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this hour, Greg Nibbler will be stepping into the studio to uh, give us some news from the world of sports. Yes, Greg Nibbler will be talking balls. 
later this hour. Since none of us know anything about them. No. Well, sports. What I meant, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Khloe Kardashian will join us at 7.20. Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ at 8.20. Jim Roop will... I, I mean, you. I mean, everybody kind of knows the story. I mean, by now, I mean, if you, unless you've just been locked away in a room somewhere or in a tent for the last 18 hours, I mean, you've heard all about this nutcase guy in California that kidnapped the girl when she was 11, and then he like... It was, it's like that Austrian His guy. website is spooky. His blog, this the, the, yeah. the, he has a the blog kidnapper. Too? It's called Voices Revealed at blogspot.com. And it says here, the creator has given me the ability to speak in tongues of angels in order to provide a wake-up call that will in time include the salvation of the entire world. It's, uh, it's very unnerving. Part. So the story is that this, there was an 11-year-old girl who got kidnapped back in 1991. Mm-hmm. The dad came, I mean, you know, it's a... To use the dreaded cliche, it is, you know, this is like every parent's kind of worst imaginings where the dad comes out and he sees, you know, like a van or whatever coming by and like grabbing the grabbing the girl. And he's like, hey, call the cops. And they were never able to find her, you know, and they kept up hope. But at a certain point, you figure that probably the worst has happened and, you, you know, and, and she's gone and you're not going to see her again. And then she I, I guess she just like walked into a police station or something yesterday. Well, what happened, what led up to that was they were at the uh, this guy and the two little girls. We're at the University of California in uh, Berkeley, and they were handing out religious literature. So the cops said something wrong. They started asking questions. They ran a make on him, find out he's a sex offender. And the two little girls were kids that he had had with this kidnapped woman, right? Correct. So he kid. I mean, it, it, I mean, I keep saying this, but it's just like the Austrian thing. He kidnaps the girl, keeps her in his backyard in this weird sort of underground cavern labyrinth tent thing. It, it was above ground. It was so it wasn't it was even, above ground. It was behind in shrubs. There were barriers so they couldn't see anything outside, and it was locked from the outside every night. And the thing that's going to get some asses kicked here is the parole officers visited this house on numerous occasions, never investigated the backyard at all. Oh wow! Wow! During all those years, because he's been on probation because he was a sex offender for many many years. Also, there was a creepy story that came out this morning that the next door neighbor. Uh, because so yeah, it makes it. I mean, this is even worse if the if the whole if this whole complex he had in the backyard was above ground. The next door neighbor. Why would you ever admit this on camera, even if this is true? The next door neighbor said that over the years, quote, she'd heard the sounds of children playing in the backyard and wanted to investigate, but her husband always said it's none of our concern. So that's. I mean, this is a whole lot of weird. And plus, as is always the case, this guy, Mister Kidnappy Rapey guy, is married. I mean, yes. as, as they always are. And when they finally... Wait, he's married? He's married. Yes, and he's when married. They, and when they busted him, it was him, his wife, and the kidnapped now woman, and the two kids he had with her. So, from all indications, it does seem that on some, if not many levels, the guy's wife was aware of kind of everything that was going on. It's so freaking creepy. I mean, it really just makes you want to wash your hands of this whole planet. I just... Well, it's so California. Uh, yes, it is, Tim. Uh, so anyway, we'll talk more about that with Jim Roop later on today. Chloe uh, Kardashian coming up at 7 o'clock. Aaron Durant from Geek in the City. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines uh, on this Friday. So we're going to play some audio from this guy. He was interviewed by a television station in Sacramento, so we'll have that uh, coming up in just a bit. And with uh, with Greg Nibbler Sports, we're going to hear about Michael Vick playing his first game since being released from prison. And a news crew investigating a story about two underage girls working at a strip club are attacked by an old lady with a hoe. And we have the audio. <laughs> Yay! Is there a photograph of the hoe? Uh, there's a video online. Awesome. Uh, don't forget, later on today, we're going to give you a chance to win 
probably the greatest thing that's ever been given away by anybody ever. Front row tickets to see ACDC this coming Monday night at the Tacoma Dome. It is their only Northwest appearance. It is the only Northwest appearance on this tour. Monday night, the Tacoma Dome, along with a $50 Shell gas card to help you fill your tank for the road trip. Tickets provided by Sony Music Entertainment and Columbia Records. So here's what's going to happen. is Later on today, you will get a chance to identify the following four songs in order. So there you go. We'll play that several times uh, throughout the morning. Later on, when you are prompted to do so, if you can call up and be the appropriate caller later on the day and identify those songs in order, you will win yourself a pair of front row tickets to see ACDC this coming Monday night at the Tacoma Dome, along with a uh, $50 Shell gas card to help get you there. So that is all on the way. Uh, so earlier we had this whole discussion about gauchos and sarongs or serengetis or whatever the clothing serapes. was. Serapes. Uh, I'm sorry. So I think we've got, uh, so Kevin in Vancouver is going to shed some uh, some light on this. Hello, Kevin. How are you, sir? I'm fabulous. Uh, how can I uh, How can I help you, my friend? Well, this the gaucho thing, I was like freaking out because, you know, being old, I remember these very well and they were horrific. Uh, low-riding pants that would flare out. And typically kind of a suede material. They call them gaucho pants because they're supposed to be uh, a Hispanic flair, but they're largely made to cover up, you know, flabby thighs. Unfortunately, <laughs> it did cover up the uh, muffin top that came out of the top of them because they were low riders. So are they kind of like culottes? I was just going to say yeah, they're like they're, culottes for a swarthier people. A, but a very hideous version of culottes, one that, you know, I can't claw out of the third eye in my brain anymore, so now I'm going to have to go get therapy. No, so so now I have, and see, even though I know it's not, not Pat Nixon who wanted to wear them, because I said that for the first thing this morning, now that's going to be the image in my head. So now I'm picturing Pat Nixon walking around in some sort of weird, uh, like, frilly culotte-like clothing, but like exactly with maracas. So. Oh, I just threw up a little in my mouth. Thanks right. for that image. All right. Thank you for listening, my no friend. breakfast for me now. All right. Hey, have a good weekend, sir. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunion, sir. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Friday, August 28th, 2009. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Chloe Kardashian, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, like, wake up your friends and relatives so they can be listening to that. Coming up at uh, 720, we'll talk to Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 o'clock. And at 820, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop weighs in on... There's two things happening. So there's this insane story about the kidnapping. And then there's yet another Michael Jackson story where now I guess the family found... They found a bunch of weed in his bedroom, which is not, like, terribly surprising. I mean, I can't... That really... is kind of surprising, though. I wouldn't picture Michael Jackson smoking weed. Well, see, but it may not have been his, though. That's my thing. I That was my first thought, too, is you can't really picture Michael Jackson... I can picture him, like, popping pills and injecting stuff, like, but... Huddled over, like, a huge, huge bong with a clown skull in front of it oh, and just... Oh, God. Do you have any snowboarding videos? Uh, I picture a big Peter Pan bong or something. I, I can't really... I can't really uh, one with Disney characters on the side of it. I can't really picture Michael Jackson getting getting high that way, but I can picture like his people doing it. Like you know what I mean? Like if he has the handlers. After or, they put him to bed, they all like smoke weed. Uh, Jackson's in bed. Let's get baked. Like like that. But then they found what I guess in the actual police search warrant in the affidavit they said they found what looked to be quote a heroin baggie. 
Apparently it didn't turn out to be heroin, but then my question is, well, what, what is it you're finding that looks just like heroin? And I think Jim Roop may actually have the answer to that, so we'll find out. Uh, Tim Riley is also working on the following stories for your edification on this Friday. Well, it looks like one of those reality show Axemen has been arrested. Apparently had a car accident and the kids didn't have their seatbelts on. An Oregon City basketball coach gets 15 years for raping a former player. And in Longview, they're looking for a barroom brawler who stabbed somebody several times. He has a buzz cut and tattoos on his arms. That's all on the way with uh, Tim Riley. We'll also have uh, more details on how you can win ACDC front row tickets. The long and the short of it is, you've got to be able to identify the following four songs in order when prompted to do so later on today. So at a later point in today's program, if you can name those four songs in order, you're going to win yourself a pair of front row passes to see ACDC at the Tacoma Dome this coming Monday. Now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, with news of the world of sports, it is Greg Nibbler and Ball Talk. All right, it's Ball Talk time. So uh, Michael Vick is back. He recently signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, and he played in his first game last night in over two years after serving his 18-month prison term for running his dogfighting ring. And uh, I thought they had to do – I thought he was sitting out, I say as though I know what I'm talking about. I thought he was sitting out like three or four games right at the beginning. Well, but he's allowed to play in the preseason. So this is the preseason that's going on right now. They've got four or five preseason games. And he can play they're in those. Like exhibition the, games. Yeah, they don't count. Yeah, yeah, they don't really count. They're okay. like practice games. Right. But uh, he uh, was unsurprisingly warmly welcomed by the Philadelphia fans who apparently do not care about dogs or anything related to that. Life is cheap there. Yes, and uh, I think we have some audio of actually of him after the game. So this is Michael Vick. Finally get out there and, and uh, you know get my feet wet, get a feel for the game again. Uh, See if the, the speed was still, you know, the same as it was uh, two years ago, and uh, you know, it, it felt the same. You know, it's almost like riding a bike. You know, you never forget how to do it. So uh, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed the time that I was out there, and I had fun. Uh-huh. Clearly, his IQ has not changed in this amount of time. He doesn't seem like a guy who'd be engaging in criminal behavior. No, not at all. All right, uh, moving on in ball talk. The University of Oregon and Boise State are going to be holding hands. The number 14-ranked Ducks are going to be the highest-rated team to ever play at Broncos Stadium. They're opening up their season next week. And the two teams have fought multiple times over the last couple of years. They play each other, it seems like, every year for the last five years. And uh, every time there's a fight, well, the American Football Coaches Association is now requiring them to walk out and shake hands before the game every member of the team on the field before it starts so uh this love fest begins next weekend on september 3rd it should be interesting i hope there will be some blows thrown uh mixed in there that's the uh that's the sort of thing that i find fascinating though only because it makes everybody awkward because everyone realizes how utterly disingenuous it is oh i remember completely playing sports in high school and they made us do that and everyone would just say the meanest things to each other well, it's ridiculous. You have to, like, shake hands. It's a competition. Like, no, I, I mean, die. you're not supposed to be friends before the game. It'd be like O'Reilly and John Stewart, like shaking hands before they start their shows, their respective shows, and then competing. I mean, you it, know it's, what's going to happen after this? They're not going to allow them to run. They're going to make them skip. That's right. Just like, like girls do. Well, it, or it's like that thing. That, that, going back to uh, you know Sarah talking about when you, when you were playing uh, sports. 
like when you were a kid and you know one team would just beat the other team's ass in something, and then you would have to go over and shake hands. I want you to go over and congratulate the, the winners. Good game, good game, good game. Yeah. Good game. It's just like you suck. I hate you. And then you just don't want to talk to the other person, like the other team. You just want to stay as far away from them as possible. All right, here's uh, Greg Nibbler, ladies and gentlemen. All right, moving on in ball talk. Uh, Rick Pitino, coach of the University of Louisville Cardinals basketball team, has been accused of sexual assault by a woman named Karen Cunnigan Seifer. Now, this uh, is a woman that Pitino admits he had an affair with over six years ago. Of course, Pitino being a stout Catholic and a family man. Um, so he had the affair six years ago, but Seifer brought forth the sexual assault allegations after Re- Pitino reported her to the authorities for attempting to extort millions of dollars from him. Before and- I left, I said, um, he said, Tim will take care of everything. And I said, um, this is not what I want. And he said, and he looked at me straight in the eyes and he said, you do not have a choice on this matter. Your voice will be in concrete in your family. Wow, I have another camel straight, sister. She is absolutely psycho. She has pleaded not guilty to federal charges of extortion and lying to the FBI. She so, sounds uh, like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> she does. She really That's does. Miley Cyrus in 20 years. Awesome. All right, and finally in ball talk, we have some non-balls news. Uh, if you're heading to UFC 102 at the Rose Garden this weekend, the start time has changed to 4.30 p.m. with the doors opening at 4 p.m. That is a change in time. And the main bout, of course, features Oregon's own Randy Couture versus Antonio Noguera, which I can still not pronounce that. And uh, having seen Randy Couture in person when he was hidden here in the studio, I can tell you he is huge. Kill you ter- with one punch. <laughs> he is terrifying. Seriously. All right. Well, this concludes Ball Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Nibbler and Ball Talk. Straight ahead, we have uh, more from Tim Riley at the news desk. 7 o'clock, Chloe Kardashian, 720, Aaron Duran from Geek in the City, and Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 o'clock. Plus more details on your chance to win front row tickets to Monday night's ACDC concert at the Tacoma Dome. It's a Rick Emerson show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. show continues next goddamn dog dedication get me my photos only on rock 101 kufo share your thoughts we'd like to glean it from your brain your tasty tasty brain the rick emerson show returns it's really hard to think today this is rock 101 kufo It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Friday morning. Coming up later on the day, we'll be giving away a pair of passes for you to see Joe Rogan at the Aladdin Theater tonight, tonight, tonight. Got to be 21 and over, but uh, we're going to give away a pair of passes for you to see Joe Rogan. He's doing his stand-up act tonight at the Aladdin, and then tomorrow, of course, he'll be uh, doing the color commentating uh, for the UFC event. Also, a pair of passes to see Inglorious Bastards, uh, the new Quentin Tarantino film, which is quite good. Uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they, they said it sounded like I didn't care for it, and it's really not that I didn't care for it. It's just that it's a bit of a mixed bag. I would say, I mean, it's still a strong thumbs up, but it's not a perfect film. There are some flaws in it. I would Brad say, Pitt's one flaw. Really, the biggest the biggest flaw is named Brad Pitt. And I like Brad Pitt. That's the other thing. It's not that he... And it's not that Brad Pitt can't act. I was just watching... Um, what was I just watching? I was watching Seven the other day, which I haven't seen for probably four or five years. Because uh, I love that movie, and I, and I wanted to kind of wait a while before watching it uh, again, just to sort of, you know, kind of see it fresh. Just like I hadn't seen Fight Club in probably three years and I, I watched it uh, when I was in Seattle with Lara because she'd never seen it and anyway so Brad Pitt can act but it, you know but it's like singers have a range actors have a range Brad Pitt works out his range all the time and that all the time is anytime he has to do an accent that isn't like like a stoner California guy 
I mean, that's what he can do. He can kind of do like laid back pretty boy accent. Anytime he has to speak with any sort of dialect that is not his own, just rings so utterly and totally false. See also the case of Benjamin Button, by the way, which I quite like in many ways. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. I, it's not a bad film. It's a beautiful looking film. I'll say that. It's, it's a fantastic looking film. And everything is great when he's not opening his mouth to talk. Because when he does, it, I, it's like I'm watching some terrible episode of Gomer Pyle or whatever. It's just, uh, it's very off-putting. But uh, Inglorious Bastards is, it's it's quite something. And I'll say this, have you seen it yet, Sarah? Uh, no. You, I'll be curious to know your thoughts on it I'll when you see it. it. I don't, I'll watch it when it like comes to the Baghdad. The, uh, the final third of that film, which I will not uh, describe in any way, the final third of that film is interesting. It, it's pretty divisive. Because as somebody said, you realize when you get to the final third of, of Inglorious Bastards that you thought you were watching one kind of movie, yes. and secretly Quentin Tarantino was making a whole different kind of movie altogether. That's what I kind of love about it. Which is sort of great, actually. And I, and I have to say that it works. A lot of people don't think it, that it works, this sort of change-up that happens in the end. But uh, anyway, so we're going to be getting away... If they took away the middle third, it would be a great movie. It's just... Well, that's the other thing. It's, it's, or it's Brad too Pitt, long. Or both. It's... <laughs> There could be three different versions. <laughs> Why can't there be a version when they just take off Brad Pitt? In the future, there'll be a pitless version of everything that they offer, Tim. That'd be great. Just like you can have a version of your show without Ted McGinley. Coming up uh, later on, we'll talk to Chloe Kardashian. And Greg, by the way, noted that people have been calling about that ever since we announced that we were going to speak with her. Uh, apparently, every time I even say the words Kardashian and Chloe, uh, people call because they want to. Because there's that whole thing where she got busted with cocaine. Which she then claimed she found. I didn't know she, she just found it in a dressing room. It was like in a dressing room at her own store. A dressing room in her own store. She didn't know what to do, so she panicked, put it in her purse, forgot about it, That's and then was I found do. with it. That's what I do if I find like a blood-stained gun, too. I just put it in my purse, and I carry it around everywhere with me. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland, 644. Expect some showers today, highs in the upper 70s. One of the Axemen, I don't know if you watch this reality program, one of the Axemen has been arrested following a Jeep crash about 45 miles northwest of Portland. The cops say 48-year-old Michael Phil, who owns a logging company, lost control of his vehicle in a driveway at a home in Vernonia. Three kids in the vehicle were not wearing seatbelts, and the Jeep top was off, and he rolled it into a ditch pinning the three-year-old's head against the roll bar. Jesus. The boy is in fair condition. Uh, Phil was arrested on several charges. It's not clear whether or not the children are his. Now, Axeman is... Uh, that's... Some reality. Is it like the Woodsman? Well, it's like kind of a... Jacks, it's like it? the most dangerous catch thing, but it's like... But it's Lumberjack guys. And they uh, and they work all night and sleep all day, or however that song goes. Yeah, so th- there's that, it's like that, and there's that Ice Road Truckers, which is, you know, sort of like the long-haul guys. In the future, every one of those top 10 most dangerous professions will get its own reality show. That just sort of seems to be the way of it. A man chasing his flying tent on a highway near Liberty Lake, Washington, caused a big accident. Apparently, the tent blew off the back of his pickup truck, so he started ring, running along the highway trying to catch it. Sometimes you got to let things go. There's Not everything is worth stopping in the middle of the road and chasing. A smart girl commits a heinous crime and pleads guilty. She's 15 years old. She's a straight-A student, has a GPA of 3.7, and... Stabbed one of her friends several times over a boy. Snuck up behind her and stabbed her in the neck several times. The girl lives, and uh, apparently they want this smart girl, who's now a criminal, to wear a home electronic monitoring device. Oh, like the, the low jack thing? Yes. All right. So she, she's uh, one of the smarter ones, but apparently not that smart. Where did this happen? Uh, in uh, Washington State. Yeah, oh, that no. sounds like the Lifetime movie, um, 
with Tori Spelling in it. Where does it, Sarah? It does. Where one of the girls stabs her because she was mean to her. Can I tell you this is um, this is your equivalent? That would to, be one of my Jeopardy categories. I was just going to say this is your equivalent. How I can find some sort of comparison. Like no matter what the story is, I can find something in like an Aaron Sorkin uh, the production. And the girl who was the murderer it. was awesome because it's the girl who played Becca Thatcher in Life Goes On. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know. But I like stories of girl murderers. Face on the milk carton. So do I, Tim. Means we're all equal. Wait, is the face on the milk carton the the one where she realizes that she herself was kidnapped? But she was kidnapped because she saw, yes, her face on a milk carton at lunch. Is it like the, I I know my name is Steven, but it's Mm -hmm. a girl? Yep. All right. Have you ever thought about writing some sort of a blog that does nothing but analyze made-for-lifetime movies? There is a Lifetime blog, and it is Ah. the most hilarious thing. It's called Mm LifetimeWow.com. And it is the most hilarious guy who sits there and he'll assess like the lifetimeness of movies and like how realistic they are, like how many you know D-list celebrities there are in it and stuff. It is so funny. Well, I, I can't wait till they show the room on Lifetime because it belongs there. <laughs> so Tim watched the room last night. We interviewed uh, Tommy Wiseau yesterday, and incidentally, uh, there's going to be an additional lengthier version, a director's cut, if you will, of that interview. This wasn't the director's cut. Uh, oh, it was up yesterday though. I listened. Uh, that I think is posted online as of now. If you go to kufo.com, you oh, can hear not only our interview uh, from yesterday on the show, but actually an additional fifteen or twenty minutes. Uh, worth of interview that we did with him later, which is just as awesome as the part oh, that God, we aired. Oh, God, it starts unraveling beautifully, and then he starts getting into his, like, female troubles and stuff. It is amazing. And he's, at one point, he begins lecturing, lecturing is a strong word, he begins he begins pontificating, let's put it that way, about why women in America seem to have so many problems and what it is they could do to fix that. Because, of course, he they, seems They need like, to be given roses in bed. That, that will solve <laughs> the whole thing. You need more smooth jazz saxophone on the soundtrack of your life. And then, remember, Rick, he said this. You are turning Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Isn't that awesome? Oh, that's that is pure that's win. My new, that's my no. new ringtone. <laughs> that's your new ringtone. Because, uh-huh. you know, the thing is, you know, like at the... Sarah. At, Sarah. <laughs> it is a radio tradition that at the end of any interview, you ask, uh, you know, you ask, uh, you know, whoever it is, you know, hey, will you, will you cut a liner for us? Uh, like, as long as uh, it's one of the questions. Well, like this, for example, we have a... Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> the and then we had Nikki Six do one, I think, didn't we? Yeah, we, yeah, he did. did. That, do we know where that is? Did that ever know. end up being used somewhere? It's around. But so we asked Tommy Wiseau. We're like, hey, did you got a liner for us? And I said, okay, so it's you know the Rick Emerson show, whatever. And then Sarah, to your credit, you immediately interject with, and could you just say you're tearing me apart, Sarah? <laughs> uh, which he does. Can you play that one more time? Yes, Here's a Tommy Wiseau, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry. And. Sarah. <laughs> so that's so creepy because I set that as my ringtone and I was sitting in a restaurant last night and all of a sudden I hear from my bag, you're tearing me apart. Sarah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarah. I don't mean that's to, uh, I don't mean to break the mood, but is the director of the room in your handbag? I, you're uh, tearing me apart, Sarah. Maybe I'm just hearing things, but uh, it sounds like Tommy Wiseau is in your purse. I can't, uh, I can't be sure. It makes the whole week worth it. Really. All right. Have we started the news segment here? I guess so. I think so. I think it's a Friday, so uh, it's entirely possible that it's still just one big yeah, blur of activity in my head. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so we have a couple of uh, stories from Mount Vernon, Washington. The first, a Mount Vernon man is recovering after accidentally shooting himself in the leg while hunting for possums that were snatching his chickens. Uh, Larry Tenbrick of Mount Vernon was watching TV when he heard his chickens carrying on. He figured the problem was the possum... That was already ki- that already killed more than a dozen chickens. So he grabs his pistol, heads outside, spots a possum the size of a large cat wandering around the chickens. Is a possum the same thing as an opossum? Yes, it is. So there's just it's like it is a slang for opossum. It's like crawfish and 
crawdad. It is an Same Irish thing. possum. All right, okay. Mm. Uh, but he accidentally pulled the trigger too early, sending the bullet careening through his right thigh. The 61-year-old <laughs> handyman was uh-huh. taken to Skagit Valley Hospital. Not so handy now, are you? He's, uh, the possum is free for now, but he's hunting for it again. The next time, he'll use a trap. I thought possum... Is that a thing that you uh, that you put an S on the end of it when it's a plural, or does it stay possum, like deer? Possum. All right. Well, I thought that they were. Uh, I thought they were very small. I thought that those were uh, those were tiny creatures. No, they they look like a rat, but bigger. Wait a minute. Is it does a possum look like a nutria? Kind of, but I can't remember what a nutria looks the like. The nutrias are grosser. But nutria, but it's like a huge rat-looking thing, right? Yeah. Is that? I always thought the possum were like they're like ferrets or something. The they possum were, look more like cats, and nutria look more like giant like. Bulby rats. They are they, no, because I always they're, see those things gross. down by the river, like by Omsi. Those things are always. Oh, lurking if you ride around. your bike at night, like down by the river, you see them running around. All the and time. then they look at you with those creepy, like glowing oh, eyes. Yeah. That's freaky. Here's I Tim Riley. You. So anyway, uh, the second story at Mount Vernon, Washington, is they want to give Glenn Beck the key to the city because that's where he's from. Believe it or not. So so much for that. Okay, let's play some uh, something creepy here. This is uh, Philip Garrido. He's the uh, sex offender. Is this the kidnapper? Mm-hmm. So, apparently, he did some interview with uh, KCRA in uh, Sacramento. Okay, thank you for getting in touch with us. We're recording for... Uh, Can you... So, how are you doing? Can you tell me what happened? Are you Are you doing okay? Yes, I'm doing fine. Are you doing uh, okay? In, in the end, Mr. Ross? Yes. It's like, okay, uh, in the end, this is going to be a powerful, heartwarming story. One that you're going to be really impressed. It's going to take more oh, news. wow. The first thing I'd like to tell you, and the only thing I'd like to tell you right now, of... Uh, just because for some reason I didn't get to speak with you today, and I asked to speak with you, uh, is this. Contact, go to the uh, uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation, 13th floor in San Francisco, and ask for a copy of the documents that I left with them three days ago. Uh, this is for you, for you, the news media, that was left in their hands. This is this, There's something powerful coming down. Uh, once you get those documents, they have... They have a, a jurat in them, they have an investigation in them, and they have powerful witnesses uh, concerning my situation. Uh. All right, so that's the that's the kidnapping guy who held yeah. this girl for however long, 18 years or something. He sounds just like L. Ron Hubbard. I'm sure it's a coincidence. Well, he's right. a very religious fellow. Of course, they all are. Straight ahead, we'll talk to Khloe Kardashian at uh, 720. Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ. Stay there. Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUF. This is the Rick Emerson Show. You're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. On Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. I can't wait for that Khloe Kardashian interview. I'm glad I've been promoting that all morning long. Good thing she doesn't do drugs. That's... Allegedly not. No, she doesn't, she Sarah. She does not. She, uh, she finds them and she disposes of them properly by putting them into her purse and carrying them around for the rest of the day. So uh, at any moment, I'll look down and that phone line will ring, and that'll be Khloe Kardashian calling up to speak with us here on the Rick Emerson. Well, oh, because if hello. she wants to do a successful business venture, I mean, you think she, you know, wants to promote. Greg Nibbler has just walked into the studio. Greg, Greg 
what might you be coming in to say? Well, I have some shocking news to reveal to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just spoke to the uh, people organizing this radio tour for Khloe Kardashian, and apparently she hasn't shown up for any radio interviews today, and they can't get a hold of her or her publicist. So she is a uh, a no show, no show, which well, is shocking. Well That's and uh, yes, but uh, she assured me that they'll want to reschedule. Yeah, they're going yeah. to get right back on. That's that. that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. I'm sure yeah. she wasn't Let's up all night. Let's let her take a, a little more of our time. Maybe we should try and get another Kardashian on and like say how disappointed we are on her sister. <laughs> Zed Kardashian. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah. Could we get could we get Shemp Kardashian uh, on the phone, please? So she was scheduled to do radio, like a radio tour, which is, you know, where you sit in a room with a headset on. You talk to one radio station after another for, you know, you know, every 10 minutes for five hours or whatever. It's the way it's done. And so that's how you are supposed to do it. That's how one promotes one's product. Tim. That is if one wanted one's product to be well known or to be successful. And so she just hadn't shown up. She just hasn't shown up. Yeah. This thing was scheduled. I mean, they offered this thing. This was like a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So this has been planned out for quite some time. And and yeah, they can't even get a hold of her publicist. It's not like they sprang it on her. And I should also know, by the way, it's not like. We're interviewing somebody who's got like a self-published book about raising ocelots or something. I mean, this is a huge, this is a big deal. She's got a show on VH1, which is produced by, of course, Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest. Oh, that's right. Because he must now. He is not going to be happy. (laughs) He must now do everything. There is a law that Ryan Seacrest must be offered one out of every three entertainment-based jobs uh, in this new economy. All right. So who was it? When you say her people, who are the people that are handling this? It's the, the, uh... Parents company of VH1. Yeah, that's is that Viacom? <clears throat> I believe so. Yeah, oh, I, and uh, it's it's a woman that we've worked with before, and she was a uh, very apologetic. But yes, she's been un- unable to get a hold of her. She's apparently been having to make these calls all morning long, apologizing to, to one radio, radio station. station after another. Going, yeah. I'm sorry, we can't seem yeah. to find. It's we interesting that she her. would actually cop to the fact that they can't find her. I I imagine she's probably so fed up at this point because I think this she started these interviews I believe a couple of hours ago. Oh, because we got it from the, the national. Uh, yeah, place this is a national. It, right? So she's calling all over the country right now. Oh, I think man. it was like a four-hour window of interviews, and we're like in the third hour. So, so that's at this point, this lady's just got to be so pissed off oh. that she's just fed up. And, and I was I was going to make the I was going to say this interesting thing is she wouldn't just make one blanket call at the beginning, but they must be hoping that she'll show up at some point. Like, yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to talk. Yeah, you know? I think that I think that's what they're holding out hope for. Uh, uh, she'll, she'll make it in time to talk to Saskatchewan. Yeah. yeah. So she's got two more hours of apologizing to people all over the country. Is it true that people have been, uh, and I mean, he, people here in them have been calling, like every time yeah. we would talk about talking to Khloe Kardashian, yeah, people, people would call up? People are very interested in the Kardashians. Most of it is making fun of her or referencing uh, the comment about how large she is uh, and that, that stuff. But they also, they want to know about the drugs. They want to know about uh, the sister, the pregnancy, and right. all that stuff. Because yeah. Courtney's pregnant, right? Why Courtney's do I know this? Yes. I don't know, because... We've been trying to educate ourselves. Well, at least be, feel comfortable in the fact that we didn't know this like a week ago. I mean, I guess I'm not embarrassed. We, I was just sort of shocked by it. It's like, re, it's like when you sort of discover how many commercial jingles you know that you didn't know. Well, I mean, the Kardashian commercials have been on constantly on TV. Mm, all right. I mean, yeah, so it is apparently a very, uh, very big show. Well, I'm just going to file away these... Uh... I'm just gonna file away these uh, these questions. No, you know, I think oh. that we should be scheduled. I think we should have her on, and you should just ask like horrible questions. Should we? Uh, should we? We could just ask all of the ambusher. Would question, you like to? Ask. Would you like to role play these questions that I had? Okay. All right. So you be uh, you be Chloe Kardashian, just so people are uh, you know so not deprived altogether. All right. Think loud. And I want you to. <laughs> this is okay, an artist gonna... rendition of Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> all right. 
You're going to be the Craig Gass of the uh, of the Kardashian world. I picture her talking like Lindsay Lohan. So this, so uh, you should try to add. This will be like when uh, when we were doing the uh, the recreation of the America's Next Top Model uh, auditions. So don't answer uh, in a in a self consciously uh, kooky way. You should answer as you think Khloe Kardashian probably would answer. Okay. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, the next sound you hear will be that of uh, Sarah X. Dillon uh, pretending to be Khloe Kardashian. Khloe Kardashian. He's Joe Don Baker. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Rick Emerson show. Khloe uh, Kardashian. The new show is Courtney and Khloe Take Miami. Uh, made its debut on the E Network on August sixteenth, two thousand nine. Uh, Chloe, welcome to the show. How are you today? Oh, hey, Rick. I'm I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm uh, uh I've never been better. You uh, you sound bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, Chloe. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting used to this East Coast time. I'm a I'm an LA girl at heart. So. Sounds like you've had the sounds like you've had your coffee this morning though. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. Uh, hey, I have to ask uh, Chloe. After doing uh, Celebrity yeah. Apprentice two, mm-hmm. um, what did you find that Joan Rivers looked like in person? A Muppet. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Joan's a sweet, sweet woman. Uh, her daughter and I got along really well. Uh, the crazy, a lot of it was just made for the show. We all actually, behind the scenes, got along really well. It wasn't so much as like, of a competition as it was uh, just making a lot of new friendships. Yeah, the uh, the new show, uh, Courtney and Chloe Take Miami, uh, you know, right out of the gate you had this uh, this whole story with, uh, with the vial of cocaine in oh, your pocket. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, but that wasn't mine. That... Now, you, your story is you, you say you found the cocaine, yes. the vial, uh, on the floor of the dressing room at your, your clothing store, well, Dash. Yes, I, I mean, I didn't want anyone to find it and think that something like that, something seedy, would be happening in a store like mine. Uh, being a big, big representative for PETA, I don't want to have my name slandered in any way. So I felt in order to save my store, my reputation, I would hide the cocaine in my purse. And so you wanted to make sure probably that uh, that no that no, uh, no children were able to get their hands Absolutely. on it. You wanted to keep it out of out of circulation because you don't want anyone to abuse their body. I wanted to put it in safekeeping just so uh, nobody could get their hands on it. Uh, you know, and, you know, and the, the show, uh, uh, Courtney and Chloe Take Miami, You, it's you and uh, Courtney, you're teamed up. And you know, I have to say myself, I, I come from a large uh, Catholic family, a lot of siblings. I have to ask, do you How ever just uh, do this? No, no, no. We got like three more questions. Uh, okay. Do you ever? We're too deep into it now, and you're freaking me out with how good you are at this, by the way. So we have to. We you've really found your niche with this pretending to be a sincere celebrity thing. Um. So uh, Chloe, as somebody from a large family, I have to ask, uh, do you ever just uh, do you ever just wake up and say to yourself, I just don't want to see any of my relatives for like a year. I want to just uh, stay away from my family and, and, and live somewhere else. Oh, I can't do that, Rick. I'm too close to all of my sisters. Just thinking about having a day with not seeing any of their bright, shiny faces, it just wouldn't be the same. I have to ask, uh, talking about your sisters, you know, you guys have all, and you've been the most prominent person to do this. You've, you've done a lot of work for, P, uh, for PETA, for the, yes. the people, for the ethical Save the animals. treatment of animals. Yes. Big part of the I'd rather go naked than wear fur Absolutely. campaign. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm curious, uh, Chloe Kardashian, as to, as to why your own clothing mm-hmm. store sells leather. Um, I I think that that's actually not a true fact. I, I don't I don't think that's the case. <laughs> well, that's strange because I'm looking at, at the actual web page here. This no, is from we'll the see, Dash well, clothing store. What's, what's funny about that is that uh, PETA, the campaign is all about fur. So uh, I I choose not to wear fur. I'd rather go naked than wear fur. But not but leather and fur are different to you. Um, you see that there's a difference. It's strictly fur oriented. So even though it says authentic leather, so to you, I mean, do you find that some animals are better to wear than others, or? Oh well, as as long as it's not fur, skin is just fine. All right, and I I have to ask finally, um, you know, a friend of mine, um, you're such a cultural phenomenon in America, and people have been watching, keeping up with the Kardashians, and now the new show. Friend of mine has been out of the country for a while, and uh, you know, I was talking to him uh, uh, two days ago, and I, uh, 
I said I was interviewing you. And he had missed out on the whole Kardashian show because he wasn't in America. And mm-hmm. he, he said, oh, Khloe Kardashian, who's who's that? And I was trying to explain. Um, Khloe Kardashian, uh, what celebrity would you say you most resemble? Mm. I'd have to say Angelina Jolie. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you spending some time with us. And uh, good thank luck you. with the drugs. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. It. Thanks so much. All right. There you go. Awesome. Well done, Can we Sarah stop Dillon. now? <laughs> that kind of freaks me out, though. It really does. You You are kind of terrifying the way that you slip into that... Have you thought about just becoming an actual real big celebrity? I mean, I think you'd do well at that. Hmm. Because you, you sort of sound like you really mean it. I can shut off the emotion. I mean, you you sell it as though you have actual thoughts and feelings, like in the manner of whatever the celebrity is. So that's kind of a that's kind of a freakish, like, Rain Man sort of ability that you've got there. Do you like my what celebrity do you most resemble? I did. Question at the end, by the way. That's, oh, uh, my God, that was my favorite question with you with Tommy. Was so like, who would play in the story of your life? Does it rhyme with Ronnie Rep? Yes. <laughs> well, yes, it does, Rick. Oh, oh, Rick. All right. Well, let me ask you this, Greg. Just a final question here. So, Khloe Kardashian, uh, she blew us off this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a good reason for it. I'm sure that she's uh, not just sleeping one off in a ditch somewhere. What are the odds, in your estimation, that we'll uh, get to talk to her at some point? Uh, they seemed pretty optimistic that this will happen uh, if we were to, if we were to take the interview. So, I, I think it's a good chance. I would, right. I would give it a 60-40 chance. And by the no, way, and the, you know her publicist will totally put the smackdown on her. Like she's going to have to do another round. Of well, that's years. the thing, though. They couldn't get a hold the publicist either so i don't know what's going on that's weird yeah it's it is she may really be unconscious weird. somewhere perhaps something terrible has happened i know i keep refreshing the news with chloe kardashian to see i'm like <laughs> if she would make... i'll feel bad about <laughs> you it make like that, a that Google was my alert. first thought kardashian and pool of blood uh, maybe maybe jim like, roop knows something about this this will be like that this will be like that thing when when perez hilton claimed that michael jackson was faking a, like a the flu to get out of his concert dates and uh, then he was you know dead. Well, it's hard work hiding cocaine all night long <laughs> It becomes a self-perpetuating cycle because really the only thing that gives you the energy to hide the cocaine is the cocaine, and then you find yourself in a time war. And then she has nothing to hide. It's catch twenty-two. Oh, good God! I think our publicist has to work a little. Well, my final thought on the Khloe Kardashian thing would be this, and then we'll break, and we'll come back. Aaron Duran will be here with the Weekend Geek Uh, coming up later on. Dax Holt from TMZ will talk to Jim Roop, and don't forget, at some point today, you are going to get a chance to win front row tickets to ACDC at the Tacoma Dome this coming Monday. So we'll uh, tell you how to do that in a second. My final uh, Khloe Kardashian thought would be this: I do think her publicist is probably going to give her a serious verbal beating because I mean everybody says this but it's worth considering the reality of the statement that she's not like an actual celebrity in the sense of in other words her fame stops if she doesn't continually keep it going mm-hmm. I mean, as, she's, as anyone's would but I mean she's not like Bono or somebody or, you know, or somebody who can take time off and their fame is just a self-replicating thing like with the deal of being a reality TV star is that's like it's like having an old. It's like having an old lawnmower as opposed to a self-propelled lawnmower. I mean, you got to keep pushing that thing, or it's going to stop. Mm-hmm. Well, it's only like seven and a half minutes of fame now. All right, and, and if you don't work so at many. it every single day, which is as much as we bust on Ryan Seacrest, that guy clearly understands you got to keep doing stuff constantly. Oh, you know, or don't people do are going to forget about you. Uh, you do as little as possible, but do something every day. So, well, uh, I imagine we will have the uh, the opportunity to speak with Ms. Kardashian. At some point in the near future. All right. Uh, Before we break, we'll say this. We're going to be at some point before the end of today's show, and you've been listening for this, we're going to be giving you a chance to win front row tickets to ACDC. It is Monday night show at the Tacoma Dome, and it's uh, the only tour, uh, the only uh, Northwest appearance you're doing on the tour, along with a $50 Shell gas card to help you fill your tank for the road trip. Tickets provided by Sony Music Entertainment and Columbia Records. So at some point before 9 a.m., you'll be listening because at some point before the end of the program, you're going to have a chance to identify the following four. Four ACDC songs in order. 
So when you're prompted to do so later on, if you can correctly identify those four ACDC songs in order later on when you are uh, given the sign to call, you win yourself a pair of front row tickets to see ACDC this coming Monday night in the Tacoma Dome. It's going to be uh, awesome, so be listening for that. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in ADHD. Let's just remember to scream until Daddy stops. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It is the, uh, I don't know. I was just going to say, it is, uh, it is, it is really the, um, it is really the quintessence of great and unnerving how uh, stunningly accurate your impression of a vapid celebrity was. Just uh, just before we went into the break with the Khloe Kardashian thing, I just got an email about it and somebody said, I think Sarah has really found her true calling. If the radio thing doesn't work out, she can just fill in for whatever drugged up celebrity might not feel like showing up for the radio interviews, which is not like without precedent. Mm. Um, back when, uh, you know, when Sam Kinison was still with us, Sam Kinison's brother, Bill Kinison, sounds a lot like him. Their voices are very similar. And so uh, those days that Sam was just, uh, you know, when he was, they couldn't find him or he was just uh, asleep in his own sputum somewhere, uh, Bill would just call up and he would do radio station interviews and stations, I mean, there's probably guys to this day that think they interviewed Sam Kinison and mm. have no idea that they didn't. And that's what gas ought to do. You know, Craig, he should totally, uh, you know, offer to just impersonate celebrities who don't oh, feel like showing genius. up to a junket. You like know what Adam I mean? Adam Sandler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gene Simmons. Sandler doesn't want to show up to talk about uh, funny people to met. You get gas to do it. Anyway, Tim Riley's tracking the following uh, headlines for you on this Friday morning. So Leverage returns for a third season. It's been filmed in Portland, but the publicist isn't ready yet to say whether or not it's going to continue here. And we're going to have that uh, audio about the woman Clubbing people over the head with a hoe. Reporters, as a matter of fact, who are investigating a story about two underage girls working at a strip club. And it's going to be traffic madness all over the Portland metro area this weekend. If you don't have to drive, don't. And we'll tell you why. Wait, to see, now I'm on the, I was about to ask you. That was a guarantee. And I got to say, I'm like four feet away from you here in the studio. And I was actually about to ask, why is that, Tim? And then I realized the answer was going to be denied. Not even well, I, I, I have to Emerson, do something no. to, to, you know, contribute. It just can't be celebrities that don't show up on the program. That's right. You know, this is and like. we have uh, exciting Greg Nibbler leverage news, remember? Uh, well, I was actually yeah. going to just go into that. So we'll talk about that in a second. I, this is sort of like how it's on the Oscars when the guy who you know, has the envelope, he, even the guy who opens, uh, you know, the envelope to announce the winner does not know in advance who the winner is going to be. I do not know why the traffic is going to be so bad this weekend. I'm going to tell you. I uh, will also uh, reveal this whole Greg Nibbler uh, leverage thing, too. So there's a happy resolution to that story. In a moment, we'll be, uh, we'll be joined by Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Aaron, what are we going to be uh, talking about today in the Week in Geek? We're going to be talking about so much awesome this weekend that if I crammed more in, you'd have to change your name to Michael Bay. Awesome. And then there'll be a big explosion at the end of it all. Awesome. All right. Straight ahead news from Tim Riley, Aaron Duran with the Week in Geek, and your chance to win a pair of tickets to see ACDC front row at the Tacoma Dome this coming Monday. So you want to be listening to this ACDC montage, and if you can correctly identify, not now, but later when you are prompted to do so, if you can, at that juncture, correctly identify these ACDC songs in order, you win yourself a pair of front row passes to see them this coming Monday at the Tacoma Dome.
So be listening for your chance to win. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Aaron Duran up next with the Weekend Geek. News from Tim Riley, 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ. And coming up at 820, CNN Radio correspondent James Root plus Joe Rogan tickets. Be listening. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Booty, booty, booty. Gah. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. You are turning me apart, Sarah. Well done. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up here in just a uh, short while. Tim Riley will have more news from the news desk. At this juncture in the program, if you are caller 10, you will score yourself a pair of tickets to see Joe Rogan at the Aladdin tonight. Got to be 21 and over for those, by the way. Joe Rogan, uh, Rogan at the Aladdin tonight, and then he's going to be doing the color commentary uh, for the UFC match tomorrow. But tonight, he is at the Aladdin. If you're caller 10 at 503-228-4101, and win yourself a pair of tickets to see Joe Rogan at the Aladdin tonight. And then at some point, at some point today, you'll be uh, given the chance to win front row tickets to see ACDC at the Tacoma Dome. Uh, this coming Monday, so be listening. Without further ado, let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from GeekInTheCity.com, our good friend Aaron Duran with the Week in Geek. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Happy things. Uh, I should just reveal, by the way, uh, there's a little pulling back the curtain. Uh, so you were out drinking late with, my, this sounds wrong, out drinking with my wife, but you yeah, and your wife. <laughs> what are you talking about? You shut up about my wife. Hey, I can't help it. Once uh, you go wait, geek, so you don't Aaron want to hit the meat. and your wife were out drinking last night? So Aaron and his wife and my wife. I got dragged into it, actually. Uh, yeah. yeah, I uh, th- 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 I was off doing uh, did something else. I don't remember what I was doing last night. It's you all eating d- pizza and playing video games. Why are you trying to pretend you didn't know what you were doing last night? I was doing something, but I got home. <laughs> I got home kind of late, and Lara had already been home and was in a really, really bad mood for reasons we won't go into. It's not important, but she got home, and she was in just like a terrible mood. It had nothing to do with me, by the way, because I can see that look on Sarah's face. No, no, no. It had nothing to do with me. Nope. It was uh, it was the man. Uh, so she got home. She was in bad mood about the man, and she's like, F it, I'm going out drinking. And I think I had either not gotten home yet or I had just gotten home, but I had stuff to do. I was like, I got, baby, I got to do the stuff for the show tomorrow. And she's like, fine, I'm going to go out drinking with Jen and Aaron. Uh, and yeah, so she ne- called my wife. She's like, I need to get drunk, and you're getting drunk with me. So the next thing <laughs> I, I know, uh, she's coming back home to grab her wallet because they were going to be spending some money playing cornhole at the bar. <laughs> and so I just, <gasps> she walks the in the that- front door, and she just says, I need some money. Aaron and Jen and I are going to play cornhole. Bye. And I just, and I'm just like standing there, you know, with like, you know, whatever, with like the remote control in one hand and like a pizza slice in the other going like, okay, baby, whatever. So everyone I, was laughing and drinking and cornholing. I don't know how late you were out last night or how how much alcohol was consumed we by you. Eight to about out to about ten thirty. I I know that's that, late in Rick and Sarah and Greg and Tim time. Well, yeah. I was going to say I was uh, I was either in bed or headed to bed, and I know that uh, the, the amount of alcohol that my wife consumed in that one small period of time was substantial. Did I you was, smell her when she came in. It was like it was like oh, yeah. no, it was like drinking in dog years. I mean, she was drinking metric style. I think, her and so. Jen, yeah, I was the driver. I had like two Miller Lights over the course of like two and a half hours. Yeah, but uh, oh, and then yeah. and then I guess. I I'm probably not supposed to say this, but so here's the other. So my wife goes out last night and she's out again with Aaron and and your wife, Jen, and a couple other people that they know. And so she comes home at one point to get her wallet, which I think she had left behind. And she walked in and and she said, first thing, and she's like, oh, don't kiss me. I've been smoking. And I said, what do you mean you've been smoking? And she goes, no, I've just decided to start smoking tonight. 
And so she and Jen smoked a pack of cigarettes. Camel, keep, cl- keep in mind, Jen my, is a, a smoker when she goes out and drinking. My wife is not a smoker at all. She's not a social smoker. She's not uh, like an occasional Don't smoker. Oh uh, well, she's smoking. she's a clove smoker. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Is she were, yeah. were these cloves? No, they were these disgusting. They were like regular actual. Cigarettes. They were those camel clicks that if you you bite down oh, the, the crushes. filter, the crushes. My friends yeah. are obsessed with those. So she was in a bad mood, and she's like, "I've decided to abuse my body tonight. I'm going to drink and smoke." And which I wouldn't even think you'd be able to do. I figured if you're not, you know, because she's never ever been a smoker for, you know, because first she was Mormon and then, I'll, you know, and then she just doesn't smoke. Um, and I wouldn't even think that'd be possible. I would think if you're a non-smoker, you couldn't even smoke effectively half a pack of cigarettes yourself without like oh, getting man. sick. They put them down. It was it, it was, was it was really kind of weird. She's got like a yeah. she has like a camel hanging out of her mouth, and she's holding you know her drink in her left hand and, and a, a corn and a cornhole in her right, and then to hear her say like, "Oi, barkeep, another stolen diet." It was That's a, actually a good point because I know people who don't smoke and they'll feel sick after like two drags of yeah. Cigarette. No, my wife smoked half a pack of cigarettes <laughs> and had a bunch of booze last night. She was like she was like some Hunter Thompson with boobs. Uh, and then she and then she came home and passed out. So yeah, so never mind. You can't keep our, basically you can't ever. put our wives together. Seriously, you put Aaron's wife and my wife in a room and it becomes this exponential. Uh, it's like it's like some terrible chick lit novel starring Goldie Hawn. In any event, except uh, far more vulgar. Yeah. All right, the weekend geek. What yeah. is happening in the world of nerddom? Uh, well, what's, it's kind of an ongoing thing that's going on right now. Is over at uh, Bridge City Comics. He's either taking financial donations or uh, complete story arcs to send uh, comics to the troops overseas, which is really pretty cool because they can't get them in Iraq and Afghanistan because the reading material is probably pretty limited there. And then you know, it's, you know, not like a corner story you can go down. Right. I mean, they have the PX, but I because I've got friends that are serving right now, and over in the PX, they're like once in a great while. We'll get a graphic novel. So they're just really hungry for anything that kind of reminds them of home. And uh, comic books do that. So if you go to Bridge City Comics, they're, it basically costs 11 bucks to ship one uh, short box of comics. So you can either donate to ship or you can bring co- complete story arcs and collections, and they'll ship them over. So that's, that's, cool. that's, really, that's very that's, cool. That's really cool, yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then on Saturday, it is uh, Tortuga in Yargist, which is an all-day pirate gaming event at Guardian Games. It's the first one ever. So this is like When's a, the Pirate Festival? Is that coming up September soon? 19th and 20th. Okay. And this and, is a confluence of a whole bunch of things. So when you say it's Pirate Gaming Day... They're all pirate-themed game days. That's yeah. what was going to be my question. Or was it pirates just coming into play, whatever? So pirate-themed games with, like, role-playing games? Yeah, uh, role-playing, card game, board games. They're going to be playing pirate films all day long. Uh, there's a group called Boom Pirates. They're kind of like the 501st, but they're they're pirates. And so, so these instead are the, of dressing up as stormtroopers, they dress up as pirates. And they do charity work. Um, there's rumors that they might be raiding the store randomly throughout the day. <laughs> Looking for wenches. That's right. right. And then on uh, Sunday, this is what I'm really excited about. Sunday is an uh, one-night-only encore performance of Trek in the Park at the Baghdad. Awesome. So for six bucks, you get to see Trek in the Park at the Baghdad, and then they're going to clear the stage, and they're going to roll right into the J.J. Abrams Trek. Cool. Really? Yeah, so it's going to be an Awesome night at the Baghdad. What episode of uh, are they performing for the Trek in the Park? Yep. All right. It's, and it's that's the, the same one. That's the one that they had done before because yes. I missed that. Yeah. So they wanted to do one more performance. They figured out that clearly, they, I mean, they didn't charge the Trek in the Park. I mean, they had donations, but they figured out that over the span of the three week performance, they had over 10,000 people go to the show. <laughs> that's where you're looking at the dollars you could have made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, six bucks. Uh, Sunday at the Baghdad. They're going to do Trek in the Park live on stage at the Baghdad. Clear the stage and then don't get off your seat because then they're going to roll into the J.J. Abrams trek. Awesome. I've seen that movie three times now and I'm still not tired of it. It's fantastic. It really <laughs> so is. Awesome. It's, it's really quite is. something. Have you spotted 
the triples yet? No, aren't they in space? Or, no, no that's, they're the R2-D2 Scotty sequence. It's when he uh, it's it's when he goes to meet Scotty for the first time, and Scotty and his sidekick guy yeah. are sitting there. Yeah. yeah, and it's sitting. It's like on a shelf. And I've I've uh, I've seen deleted footage now that explains uh, why Nero wasn't around for 20 years. That 20-year gap that uh-huh. he wasn't around and why in the beginning of the movie he has both ears and in the second movie he's missing part of his ear. He was captured by Klingons and spent time in Ruripente, which was the prison planet mentioned in Star Trek VI. Wow. I yeah! Love by the way, <laughs> this makes it all uh, the, the more interesting and perhaps inexplicable that you and I both have wives yeah. who were spending time together last night. And just the incident, if you see my wife out anywhere, don't give her any cigarettes. That's uh, I'm trying to nip that. And also that. don't challenge her because you get a few drinks into either of them and they get uh, they get bold. No, it, very, it was very bold. Last night, did you, did you talk back a little, Aaron? No, I would just kind of, no, I see, I showed up and they were already a couple sheets in. So did you know to just kind of quietly sit in the corner? I just kind of sat there because <laughs> apparently I had just missed the fact that even though they hadn't played the game, these two other drunk dudes are playing and, and, and Lara slams her hand down on the table and says, we can take you. Yeah, apparently, as you said, before Aaron got there, my wife and Aaron's wife were there, and I guess some dudes came in and were like trying to get their trying to get their sex on or whatever. Oh, and, yeah, and I, get, I don't think there was any of that being had. It was it's a very and she sounded like Max Fisher in Rushmore when she came home because there's you know there's that sequence where, where Max is out to dinner with Bill Murray and the teacher and what's his name, the uh, O oh, are they Luke Wilson whoever that is, yeah. and um you know and and, and the teacher Olivia Cross is saying like. I don't think you should have any whiskey, Max. He goes, I wrote a hit play. Why can't I have a little drink? <laughs> and that was my wife last night, too. She's like, I've been drinking. Why can't I smoke? I'm like, well, because you, cause no, you the- don't smoke. And she says, I do now. You should try a little reverse psychology and encourage her to smoke. There, the best thing is when I showed up her in a closet with some Copenhagen. The best thing is when I showed up and there was the drunk guy that was clearly trying to, to get with her. He kept forgetting her name. He kept calling her Laura or whatever. And Lisa. She's just, and she's like, no, my name is Laura. And then he says, oh. Are you made of steel, too? Because that's the name of Superman's mom. You do that a little too well. Was this guy you? <laughs> no, no. You can be honest, Aaron. Oh, no, friends, I'll you hit her in front me. of you. When you're not around, then it feels wrong and dirty. Okay, we have to end this. This is so strange. Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley, Dax Holt from TMZ at 8 o'clock, Jim Roof from Siena Radio at uh, 820, and at some point before the end of the show, your chance of winning front row tickets to see ACDC this coming Monday night at the Tacoma Dome. You stay there. The Rick Emerson Show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's Friday, August 28th, and good morning to you. It's 503 228 4101. 503 228 4101. You can also text if you like at 52051. Coming up at 820, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Join us from Los Angeles uh, with the latest on this nutcase guy who apparently, along with his wife, at least that is what the evidence indicates, uh, kidnapped this uh, girl in 1991 and had her in some weird, like, tent city in his backyard. It's all very creepy. Uh, more news from Tim Riley as well. Tim, what headlines are you following for the good people of Portland today? So we're going to tell you about gridlock. That's going to be all over the Portland metro area this weekend and why you don't want to drive if you don't have to. And a popular television program that's been filming in Portland will be returning for a third season. But will it be returning here? Hmm. And uh, we're going to have that uh, amazing live shot 
of that woman who attacked the uh, attacked the reporters, an old lady who attacked reporters with a hoe. Investigating a story about two underage girls working at a strip club. And uh, we have an ad hoc monkey watch that we're going to oh, get yeah, into we as well. This was last minute monkey watch. This just came across the wire. Not so. that it's not important. We just added it moments ago. All right. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard us talking about uh, ACDC. They're coming to the to, uh, Tacoma Dome on Monday. It's their only Northwest appearance. It's going to be Monday night at the Tacoma Dome. <clears throat> and right now, at this very moment, if you are both caller 10... And correctly able to identify the following four ACDC songs in order. You'll be going to see them Monday night at the Tacoma Dome along with a $50 Shell gas card to help you fill the tank for your road trip. Tickets provided by Sony Music Entertainment and Columbia Records. If you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101 and if you can correctly identify these four ACDC songs. So there you go. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. If you can be caller 10 and correctly identify those four songs in order, you're going to go see ACDC from the very front row Monday at the Tacoma Dome. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Without further ado, let's welcome to the Rick Emerson program our good friend Dax Holt from TMZ. Good morning, Dax Holt. How are you today? I'm good. How about you? I am. Uh, I am fantastic. What a day! What a week it has been for everybody. For you, um, news is kind of happening and changing faster than I can even keep track of it. So uh, today, I'll kind of let you you tell me what what are the big stories you're following right now for TMZ. Well, the big story today is that this Joe Francis Brody Jenner big old smackdown inside a club early early this morning, and that ended with a tasing, right? <laughs> exactly. That's when you know it's good when there's a taser involved. So who? how did this happen? Who was involved and who got tased? Okay, so basically Brody Jenner and his girlfriend Jade were at the club celebrating Brody's birthday. And on the other side was Joe Francis. He's hanging out with his own kind of group of people. And uh, Jade's friend is an ex-girlfriend of uh, Joe Francis. I guess he was hitting on her, got a little too much. And so Jade went over, co- confronted him about it, and threw her glass on him, threw her drink all over him. Mm-hmm. So we talked to Brody this morning, and this is how he says it went down, that uh, Joe Francis turned around, grabbed Jade by her hair, started punching her in the face, threw her to the ground, and started kicking her inside the club. So I guess Brody tried to run over. He got pulled away. Bodyguards grabbed everyone, threw him outside the club, and Brody then found Joe Francis, punched him in the face. Boy, Joe Francis just seems like a sleazy guy. I mean, and and apart from the fact that he makes his money off the Girls Gone Wild thing, there's just something about him. He's just got a vibe that says ick, you know? Yeah. Exactly. God almighty. Uh, And I guess I'm legally required now to ask what the latest in the Michael Jackson case is. Well, hold on. Let me finish up with Ah, the other one first. So I guess when Brody went to punch Joe, that's when he got tased Ah. on the ground. So that's where the tasers come in. Uh, You know, I like the idea of... uh, I like the idea of Joe Francis, though, as this sort of walking chaos factor where he just appears... Because every time that guy's in the news, it's never for, like, Joe Francis in the news because he went to visit sick children at a cancer ward. (laughs) It's always like Joe Francis... in the news because he's a creepy a-hole in some way. <laughs> Pretty much. No one got arrested, and uh, I think Jade may actually press charges against him for attacking her. So. Wow. All right. Yeah. And how perfect, by the way, that you know, the, the girl's gone wild guys in a story with a girl named Jade. <laughs> 
in mind, this is the club that uh, Chris Brown went to right after his court hearing, so I don't know if it's just like the woman-beating club of Hollywood now or what the heck's going on. <laughs> it's built on an Indian burial ground. Just stay away from it. <laughs> and Jade looks like a big old mess, too. Like, she's not the cutest. Oh, no, she that, 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 that was, she looked like a wreck uh, oh, yeah. when I had the photograph of, of her that I saw. Um, uh, what else is, uh, what's going on in the world of Michael Jackson today? Oh, God, it feels like it's never going to end. I'm just ready for them to put his body in the ground and let's move along with life here. Now, we're, we're hearing that the, the funeral will be on Thursday, uh, but we'll see, right? Yeah. Other than that, we, we got his credit score, which uh, I think everyone's kind of surprised about. He had a really low credit score. It was in the, like, 560. Which is, that's considered astonishingly, well, not as up, but, I mean, that's, that's bad. I mean, for the average yeah. American, 560 is, the average American or the average Californian, I think they said their average credit score is like 680 or something. Exactly. It's really low, especially for someone that, you know, has a lot of money. His net worth is over a billion dollars. The problem is he just didn't have any cash in the bank. Everything was wrapped up in, like, the Sony uh, royalties for the Beatles catalog and everything else. And he, w- he was not paying his bills. He had, like, a, a Barney's of New York bill over $200,000, and they finally just shut it down. So he was getting all these dings on his credit, which made it really low. You know, somebody wasn't listening to Susie Orman. I mean, clearly, <laughs> that's where the problem here lies. All right, uh, Dax Holt, I know it's a busy week for you. Thank you, my friend. We will talk to you next week. Have a good weekend, sir. Later. There you go. Daxel. You can see him tonight on TMZ Television at uh, 11.30 on Fox 12 right here in Portland, Oregon. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland. 8.05 now. We're in for some showers today. Highs will be in the upper 70s getting warmer over the weekend. Now, if you don't have to be on the road this weekend, why not stay home? Because it's going to be a mess everywhere. Take, for instance, the west side. It'll become gridlock for the air show. Gridlock! Gridlock for the air show. And then there's the Nike Hood to the Coast relay with scores running from Timberline through downtown to the coast, even involving some blind people. So there'll be something out there to irritate everyone. I didn't think that the Timberline is... I mean, that's way up there, though. Is it? Yeah, it's even, in the mountains. You have to, it's like a big corkscrew all the way down. Well, I mean, I guess it's. I guess there's not any snow, so it's not an issue to deal with. But that just that just seems like a disaster waiting to happen. Especially, I mean, I hate to pick on the blind folk, but I mean, it, you got to wonder exactly how. I think we were having this question earlier this week about the, the number of the number of blind runners, and then if they get spaced out, or if there's some you know some mechanism by which all the runners have to stay close together because you got to figure that the blind runners of course are running a special you know mm. so to speak uh kind of a special risk because you just, you know you never know if some uh, you know some jackass on the road is not going to be paying attention to you know to where he's driving so i wonder if they get spread out if that just if it's like an exponential increase in the amount of manpower that it takes to sort of keep an eye on everybody I suppose so, but there'll be enough runners to keep an eye on. They'll probably have special wristbands or Greg, something. Greg noted that's actually where he's going camping. Well chosen. Yeah, I'd leave like 15 hours early. Now, if that is, wasn't bad enough, I-405 southbound is going to be closed as a repaving project continues. I-405 southbound is going to be closed. I thought it was... Uh, Most of, a lot of it's been done, but not all of it. I thought it was done because they had that thing where they closed it all last weekend. Are they just do, are they doing well, the they same have, thing over again? They have about two more weeks to do. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, at least they're doing it on a weekend and not like at 9.30 a.m. on a Tuesday, which is how a lot of states do that. I will give it up to Oregon that it, however badly they've mangled that downtown project and it's been badly, badly mangled. Well, nobody wants to come downtown anyway. Well, that seems to be doing, the, they're doing this the right way, though, the thing about 4 or 5. Cause they, what, did they close it at like 10 o'clock or something? 10 o'clock tonight through 5 a.m. Monday. Yeah, I mean, if you got to do it, I suppose that's the way to yeah. do it. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? And Leverage is returning for a third season. This, the show that, that is shot in Portland is doing pretty well. They average 4.1 million viewers 
It ranks ninth on the list of the most watched TV shows on cable this summer. Let's see here. The network ordered 15 episodes to debut next year. The show's finale is September 9th. They did, uh, I think, close to 15 here, and they're about to wrap things up. Now, the question remains, and the publicist cannot tell us for sure whether or not it's going to be filming in Portland for the third season, so I guess they don't know yet. Now, is, it any, is there any reason why it wouldn't film in Portland? Because it doesn't, it's not, doesn't take place here, right? It's in Boston. Boston. It, so it doubles. Is it just? It's just a question of money, or is it a question of where the where the stars, where the principals want to shoot? I don't know. It could be a combination of many things because there are tax breaks. Uh, the labor here is much cheaper than California and probably Van, Vancouver, BC. So that, I mean. All the more reason to film here. So I don't know why it wouldn't be. I don't know. You just got to wonder. If, I, I sometimes think you, you hear about the, how oh, David. It, it could be because that leverage driver was scheming at Randy Leonard the other day. <laughs> so that could be enough say. reason to, to move to another city. He could have ruined it for everyone. If, either the either the driver and the Randy Leonard spat because I guess the deal is a guy who drives a truck for the uh, for the series leverage. Um, it, Randy cussing at Randy Leonard and he cu- cuts back about Sam Adams of all things. Yeah. Like Randy Leonard's crossing the street and the driver stops the truck at the street and leans out and goes, come on and just begins unloading on the guy about Sam Adams. So I was figuring either that or like uh, you know or what's his name. They, um, they could make it up to Randy Leonard by giving him a decent cameo or, or making him a villain. Or Timothy Hutton is just he, he's run out of strip clubs. Uh, you know that he finds interesting. Right. Well, speaking of strip clubs. This, this comes to us from Florida. A news crew investigating a story about two underage girls working at a strip club are attacked by a little old lady with a hoe when they come to her house to try to seek answers to their questions. Here, it, By the way, you can watch this uh, uncensored on my website at RileyLive.com, but this is the censored version for us here. I'm not Rosemary. What in the hell y'all knocking on my mother? Wow. Get out of my goddamn face, man! Get out of my goddamn car right now! Ma'am, get the- That's the reaction we got this afternoon when we showed up at the home of the 15-year-old girl who police say was working as an exotic dancer at Playmates All Nude Review. Wow. After nearly getting beaten with a hoe, we left. Can watch you watching the video to rather like. Uh, I'd like to request now uh, that we play like a thousand more times before the end of the show. We have some exciting leverage news we'll get to here in just a uh, skosh, ladies and gentlefolk. Uh, but first and foremost, let's do this. You've heard us talk about ACDC. They're coming to Tacoma this coming Monday. And if you've never seen ACDC, it really is your duty as a rock fan and 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 just as a as a living, breathing organism on planet Earth. You got to see ACDC before you die. The, 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 you know. The, the greatest hard rock band of all time, one of the greatest bands of all time, uh, period. And we are giving away a shot at front row tickets to ACDC along with a $50 Shell gas card. Uh, tickets provided by Sony Music Entertainment and Columbia Records. Uh, let's see. We are going to... Uh, this is... One, two, three, four, this is Roy. Uh, good morning, Roy. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. How are you on this fine Friday? Excellent. How are you doing? I'm uh, fantastic. Uh, so let me ask you this. Have you seen ACDC before? Yes, sir. A couple times. What's the last time you saw him? Uh, oh man, I think Ballbreaker Tour. So that would have been uh, like uh, about 1999, 2000. Do you share my assessment that ACDC is perhaps the greatest thing that has ever existed anywhere in any sphere of reality? Without a doubt. Awesome. All right, my friend, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to play you this ACDC montage, and if you can correctly name the four songs in order, you, sir, will go to see ACDC Monday night at the Tacoma Dome, and you're going to see that whole show from the front row. So here is that montage.
All right, Roy, can you name those four ACDC songs in order? Uh, Shoot to Thrill, Rock and Roll Train, It's a Long Way to the Top if You Want to Rock and Roll, and Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Awesome! Well done. Congratulations, my friend. Excellent. Right out of the gate. Well done. You have made everyone in your family immensely proud of you, Roy. Front row. That's fantastic. Have you ever been front row for for a, a sizable show? No. Actually, this is kind of payback for my brother. How so? He, uh, he had already bought us some tickets and, uh, you know, spent some good money for them. So this way I can take him to the front row. So wait, so, oh, you, uh, so, nice. so you actually, you were going and now you've actually been able to get like the biggest, this is like the biggest bump up ever. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You can get it Have you ever been front row at a, at a show, like a big show, yes. Sarah, ever? What, yes, what I, show I, were you front row for? Um, I was at the Gorge and uh, my friend and I befriended one of the security guards and I was front row for Bob Dylan. Van Morrison, really, and Carly Simon. That's impressive. It was, it was the best day. What? You, when would that have been? It was 1998. Uh, Tim, you ever been front row for a big concert? No, never even close. Sometimes in the middle, sometimes off the side, sometimes left outside in the parking lot yeah, I alone see to the weep. Stitching on Bob Dylan's pants. It was really? Yeah, it was the best day ever. Hey, Greg Nibbler, you ever been uh, front row at a concert? Actually, I think the closest I've ever been, other than like a general seating place, was at Crewfest when I was at uh, the third row. Oh yeah, see, and I was at, and I was actually I was farther back than that. I think the closest I've been, you were with Sarah. You went to Bon Jovi with uh, with all of us, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, we were like what, like seventh row, maybe something uh-huh. like the Rose Garden. I mean, I that was it, was it was them the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, and that yeah. was. I mean, and those were great. So uh, I, I am really, really uh, jealous in, in 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 the best way possible, Roy. So congratulations, you are going to see ACDC live from the front row, and we're going to give you fifty dollars. Shell gas card to help you get there. Tickets provided by Sony Music Entertainment and Columbia Records. Thank you for listening. You spread the word, my friend. Thanks, you guys. All right, I'm huge. Thank you. I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, Greg will get all your information. All right, excellent. That's fantastic. Yay! I it's, feel good today. Well, you know, I've had I enough of crushing dreams. <laughs> I've decided to make someone's life happy instead of miserable, Tim. It's opposite day. Uh, straight ahead, we'll talk about Greg Nibbler and his dream come true. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone. As a rock star, you know, I was being a rock star in the music through Limp Bizkit, the rock star. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. It is Friday, August 28th. Still to come, Tim Riley is tracking these stories for your Friday morning. An angry naked man hijacks a school bus full of kids. Jason Biggs is attacked by a Gibraltar ape. Jason Biggs, the pie humper? Yes. All right. Do you imagine that's a highlight of his career? Even his grandchildren are going to refer to him as that? I, you know, I, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt and refer to him as something else for like a year or so, and then I just gave him. He He's just that- in the most crappy movies. I saw, did you ever see that movie with Dane Cook in it called My Best Friend's Girl? No. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's one of the main characters in it. Just, Why like- did you watch a Dane Cook movie? Because someone gave it to me for free. <laughs> <laughs> was it someone you were dating? <laughs> no, it was uh, actually... They were trying to get rid of some movies in the KFO prize closet, so somebody <laughs> gave it to me. Please take this Dane Cook film. <laughs> it Jesus. is terrible. I'm going to make you watch it sometime. He was in a Woody Allen film, uh, too. What's his name? The Pie Guy. Uh, see, now I'm just doing it. Jason I'm, Biggs. I, yeah, Jason Biggs. All right, now I'll be, I'll be sure to call him that. All right. It's 503-228-4101, and uh, right now we're going to give away a pair of tickets for you to see Inglorious Bastards, which is the new uh, Quentin Tarantino film, number one movie in America. Probably will be... Um, I would think we'll be again this weekend because this this weekend it's what it's Halloween two and that Woodstock uh, thing. Oh, I totally want to see Halloween two. I think I'm gonna go. See really? It. Mm-hmm. 
I love Rob are you Zombie. Being, are you being ironic? I can't, no. I can't tell. I love Rob Zombie. I like Rob Zombie, too. I loved, Hall- I loved the, his Halloween remake. I loved House of a Thousand Corpses, and I like Devil's Rejects. I just can't get a handle on you sometimes. <laughs> it's not like I disapprove. Your taste is your taste. It's just I can't get a fix on and you. And he's just like the dreamiest thing ever. See, that, that again, I, we have to talk about that at some point. The fact that you... It is and not, I saw a hot homeless guy the other day that looked, the other day looked exactly like Rob Zombie. Okay, I'm going to write this down. And we're going to talk about it later because if, if I open up, this, it, we, we'll never get back on topic. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN Radio Court. He's from a whole city of homeless people, Jim Roop. Hello, Jim Roop. Any hot homeless guys down there that maybe uh, want to date a radio producer? That's, that's one of several lines from your show I will remember all day. First of all, angry naked man. I don't know. How can you be angry if you're naked, number one? He seems like you'd be, if you're naked, you'd be sort of jocular about yeah, it. You'd be absolutely happy. Sort of. And that. Um, a, a, a hot homeless guy. <laughs> I mean, what? That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. I guess. I yeah. mean, Kelsey thought he was hot buddy, too. <laughs> hey, our buddy uh, Danny Robuck is in the new Halloween too. Uh, uh, Dan Robuck, with whom you were in uh, uh, the Odd Couple, two plays. Yeah, and he uh, and he played Jay Leno in the late night in the movie The Late Shift. Yep, uh, he uh, he plays a strip club owner, and his his biggest joy was. All the naked people, all the naked women around him. Wait, and so this is, so you said this isn't Halloween 2? Halloween 2. And so that is opening uh, this weekend. I, yeah. you know, and, and the thing is, I will see it. I mean, that's, who am I lying to? I, I mean, I saw the first one. Even though, I mean, it's a long, I don't sit and talk about the filmography of Rob Zombie. But Rob Zombie is a guy, I'll put it this way. I'll see your friend uh, Dan Roebuck in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Because Rob Zombie is a guy who, even when he makes movies that I don't like, and I haven't liked the majority of his films, I always root for the movies to be good. I mean, do you ever know somebody like that where it's like, yeah. they, they make stuff that like, you don't really, into, you're not into it, but but like you keep wanting it to be good, so you keep supporting because you know there's a good movie in there somewhere, and that's kind of how I feel about it. But. Well, you know, there. this is the second Halloween 2, but this is actually his, this is Rob Zombie's follow-up to his original Halloween. And of that, there was a, and there was actually two versions of that as well, because there was Rob Zombie's director's cut, and then there was the studio cut. It's all very good. You need like a racing form or whatever to follow yeah. this. Um, there's no non-creepy way to talk about this, this, this guy in California, this, this, this nutcase. So just for anybody who hasn't heard this, um, the broad strokes are, if I'm correct, a girl got snatched from in front of her house, uh, in 1991 and was, you know, the family, they always say they keep up hope, but at a certain point you got to figure that they figured, you know, they think the worst has probably happened and they're not going to see her again. And then she just turns up yesterday, right? Yeah, but the strange turn of events that had that turn up was uh, it, that's the bizarre part. Is this this Philip Garrido went on to the campus of UC Berkeley with two little girls, eleven to fifteen, asking for permission to distribute flyers and talk to students on campus. Well, the campus police officer thought his interaction with these two young girls was kind of suspicious. And whenever you go on a campus and request to to contact students, you have to go through a background check. Uh, she had a background check done on him. Turns out he's a paroled sex offender. This police officer on campus called the state parole office, who got a hold of his parole officer. His parole officer said, Philly, you got to come in. You know, we got to talk about this. He goes in with his wife, Nancy, these two young girls, and a 29-year-old woman he's calling Alyssa. The parole officer said, in all the years I've been coming to your house, Phil, I've never seen these other people. So I'm going to send the cops over to your house. The cops went over there. They're looking around, looking around. Some cop in the back along this big fence with all the shrubbery and the dishwasher and the garbage cans sees a little piece of tarp, pulls a tarp back, finds a hidden part of this backyard with a couple of sheds and some tents. And as the parole officer continues the interview at the parole office, finds out this Alyssa 
is really J.C. Dugard, who's been missing for 18 years. Wow. So this whole crazy turn of events um, comes up with this girl who's been missing. Meanwhile, the st- poor stepfather who saw this abduction tried to chase after this car in 1991 on a on a mountain bike. It didn't get a, uh, a license number, was a suspect for a long time. The marriage broke up. You're right. They, were probably, they thought the worst. They were just hoping at some point to recover a body for some sort of closure. And then here this happens. I cannot imagine how screwed up this girl is right now. Oh, I mean, I can't. Well, and, and so... Just like this, this this whack job in in Austria uh, uh, last year. Right. So the the guy has her and and uh, you fathered, know, uh, fathered those two young girls. He fathered those those two young girls with uh, J C. Who, if you do the math, was only fourteen when she had the first. Uh, and of course, these you know, and, the, and these these two kids that he had with his with his girly kid, they you know they've obviously they've never been to school. They've never, never been, been. I mean, to a doctor. They've never been out of the backyard, right? I mean, more or less. It's yeah. It's, so even it, though even though the 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 under sheriff yesterday said they are all in relatively good health. Come on, living in a backyard for eighteen years. Relatively good health. I mean, uh, you know, I suppose uh, you know it, 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 they're a relative in, in the sense that they're alive as opposed to the alternative, I, I guess. But I mean, beyond that, it's just got to be. I, as you said, I can't even imagine. You know, there's just not enough therapy in, in, the, in the world for that. And it, you, I mean, you got to figure that this guy, I mean, just from what we've seen, I saw his blog, he had you know, a bunch of just insane, just religious, but not even religious, just like crazy X-Files religion rantings. And right. you got to figure he's just like mental to the power of 10. But what is up with his, what's up with the wife? I mean, does See, the, that's the, that's the weird thing too. Not only was she involved in the abduction, she was in the car. Oh, that's but so But she allowed crazy. all this to happen. Uh, that, because, because the dad who saw the daughter abducted, and I, I can't even. I mean, I don't I mean to be Johnny, you know, Johnny Buzzkill, but I mean, there's just no way to talk about this without just d- d- talking about it. I can't even imagine, you know, you're a dad and you see that happen, and then you know, you just, you know, you can't do anything about it. But I, the dad said that he saw two people, right, take the girl, and and you know, I guess you immediately think, well, it's two guys, because that's just the way you think. I guess that's just that's what I thought. But it's but it's the wife who's there, and you got to ask yourself, well, what the hell is going on with that couple? And, and you know, and how do they? How do those two people meet? And what? How do they come? How do they come to that fork in the road? And are you ever going to find out? Because the guy's so obviously just whacked out of his brain. You know, if if you take a look at where they lived on Google Maps, you can actually see that hidden part oh. in the backyard. Um, you, you can you, you can understand why you have you're not able to see it. Even the sheriff said, you know, unless you found this little piece of tarp and pulled it back, there's no way you'd see it. And it, this this shed in which JC was kept was soundproof. You could only open it from the outside. You know, the neighbors didn't hear anything. I, I can't believe that. I can hear my next door neighbor take a draw on a cigarette for Christ's sake. You know, it, it, that's how close we are. But apparently, no one heard any of this weirdness, including children being born on the property. You know, whatever. Um, it, it's just strange to me, but it, it, this is this is a movie waiting to happen. Somebody in Hollywood's probably trying to option oh, this right now. I mean, as we speak. I mean, at this at this very moment. Oh, all right. I uh, you know, I guess there is some good news though. I mean, she was found alive, and maybe they can, there's can be this healing going on, and maybe they can all get back together, and all this forgiveness between the stepfather and the mother, and all. Who knows? Maybe that can all happen. You know, but. The bottom line is, uh, anything that happens in the dark, baby, is coming to the light at some point. Well, that's, a, you know, that, that, yeah, the truer words were never spoken. All right. On that note, big plans for your weekend, sir. Drinking heavily, sir. Good. For-
good for you. Excellent. You uh, you, you you drink for all of us today, Jim. I got to go out to the fire. As soon as that's done, I'm going to start. All right, my friend. Have a, a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you next week. You betcha. All right, have a good one. There you go. That's Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Roop is every man. All right, straight ahead, we'll talk to Tim Riley at the news desk, and we'll find out what bit of good fortune has fallen into the life of Greg Nibbler. Hint, he's going to be on leverage. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show continues next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland. Stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an epping clue. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week when our guests will include, I swear to God, Rumor Willis. Who's uh, Bruce Willis's daughter. Is that the girl with the big head? Well, yes, big head, tiny head, face, though. But the face is too small for it. Looks like she had to be in the wing of a plane. She has a giant potato head. It's hard to believe the guests don't show up sometimes when we book them. <laughs> and Kardashian, Chloe uh, Kardashian's the fat sister. <laughs> Why isn't she calling? The fat coke addict. Can she waddle away over to the phone and call us? <laughs> Come on, roll her over to the mouthpiece. We need to talk to her. All right. Uh, before we uh, go to the news desk with Tim Riley, hello, Greg Nibbler. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Uh, so you will not be around on Monday to speak with uh, Rumor Willis because you're going to be... We should go back in time a couple weeks. Long story short, I inadvertently screwed Greg out of a, a, a chance to be on the show Leverage a couple weeks ago because I'm a bad person. Potentially ruining my career. Yes. And but, but see, but I told you, I said, they, you know, they clearly, they like it. They talked to you a few times. They were going to be back. And now, uh, so what's, what's up? You're going to be on, uh, you're going to be shooting on Leverage or what's the deal? Yeah, it's going to be a two-day shoot. I am uh, going to have a role on there. I don't know. The extent of the role yet, but I will be on the show, and I'll be on the set for two days. Now, can you two say... Days who... you were supposed to last time only be one day? Yes. Oh. See, mm-hmm. so in reality, it was the yeah. best thing You need for to stop it. talking. No, no, no. I mean, I really... I did you a favor. <laughs> two days at craft services. That's right. Now, can I... Set. Can I ask who you're going to be, what you're playing, you're playing? Do we... I mean... Uh, it's it's go, it's going to be an extra role. Um, it'll be... Is it speaking? No, I'm not as far as I know, no. Okay. No. But there's always the possibility that you can be bumped up for those kind of things. So... Yes. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. I don't want to give out too many details because sure. I don't know exactly what I can say. And you don't want to jinx it. Yeah, and I don't want to. Yeah, no, but I how don't know what I can and can't say. I'm a I don't. street insider. Yeah, so you know. How does that uh, <laughs> How does that work when you say it can get bumped up? What is uh, well, if you're on set, uh, sometimes you know they, you, they like the way you look, or somebody else doesn't show that has a speaking role, or they want to add something in. They you. can say you. Yeah, say this. Now, is it true that you get paid more automatically if you speak? Yes. Yes. Uh, I've always heard that, but yeah. I didn't know if that was actually because I've never really done any any actual like acting or anything. So. Oh yeah, if you if you have a speaking role, it's it's definitely a lot more. Have you been in anything that we that we could see? Because you know Tim, of course, has a long uh, you know filmography uh, that um, we have poured over relentlessly. Have you been in stuff? Yes, I I have been, although not a whole lot of national movies or uh, or television. What's the biggest shows. thing you've been in? Uh, biggest thing? Well, I've done uh, regional commercials. I've done. Um, I've done a lot of independent movies that I don't even know where all those are right now. Have you so. done a, uh, a commercial for anything we would know? Uh, yes. Please, did. just give us a Comcast. Hint. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Did you have a copy of that? Yes. Yeah, bring that in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Comcast. And uh, yeah, uh, there's probably a lot of other stuff I could think of that you would know. So it'll be happening Sunday and Monday. Yes, so Sunday, we'll check oh. in with you. Sunday and Monday. So you so. will not be here Monday, most likely, but we'll check in with you on the phone and we'll kind of find out the uh, the whole deal. Yeah, definitely. I will give a call in. Like I said, Greg Nibbler, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Cool. Uh, at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 848. 
It's going to be in the upper 70s today, but we're going to have showers, and then it's going to warm up during the weekend. Well, we just learned that within an hour, the L.A. Coroner's office will release the cause of Michael Jackson's death. They will not release the autopsy results, though. They'll learn that. We will learn that the coroner believes. But kill Michael Jackson. Was it a homicide? Death at the hands of another person? So, but they're not going to release the full autopsy results. This is just the official... Now, I thought we already knew that it was a homicide. Uh, I thought that was already determined. Are they going to, or is this going to be, because there's two different things. There's the manner of death and the cause of death. Mm-hmm. And the manner of death is homicide, which just means that you didn't kill yourself and it wasn't natural causes. Uh, I wonder if we'll get the manner of death, which is like cardiac arrest or like uh, asphyxiation or, or whatever it is. Then but, just minutes ago, a Beverly Hills crime lab truck pulled up to Dr. Arnold Klein's building. That's the dermatologist. Don't ask me what they're looking for there, but they're looking for something. And as always happens, this is you know going to take place as soon as we're off the air. Of so course. That's, uh, that's the something way it's always going Something that did unfold. happen when we were on the air, though, brings us to our monkey watch. Here's your monkey watch. What better way to end the week? It's your monkey watch for Friday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. American pie actor Jason Biggs is attacked by a Gibraltar ape. He had to cut short his holiday in Europe after being attacked by one of Gibraltar's uh, famous monkeys. The 31-year-old fought off the wild beast when one he was Gibraltar's attacked. Gibraltar's fav- famous monkeys? Yes. Is that like Nathan's <laughs> famous hot dogs? I guess so. I'm <laughs> not right. familiar with everything on Gibraltar. famous monkey. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he was attacked while sightseeing in the British colony. He was visiting the disputed territory at the foot of Spain with a friend. And American Pie co-star Eddie Kane Thomas with the pair came face-to-face with one of Gibraltar's famous monkeys. They decided to go on a trip to celebrate the 10th anniversary of American Pie. Hiking in the woods when the monkey suddenly leapt on Jason from a tree and tried to bite his face off. Jackson's traveling companions managed to defend the beast off, and his face is intact. Thankfully, he wasn't seriously hurt, just shaken up a bit. Thank God Jason Biggs didn't ruin his features. That might hamper his movie career. Mm-hmm. He, he might not be. Uh, he might not be able to. Uh, you know, to go on to, to, to get those A-lister roles that he's been uh, nailing not helping down. pines with his face. What is the last movie Jason Biggs did? He I was in a remember. Woody Allen film, but I can't my remember what it was. My best friend's girl. Though. Okay, but that was the thing. That, but my best friend's girl with I've already forgotten who Dane, else was in it. Dane, Dane Cook. Cook and Kate Hudson. Funny, it was terrible. I'm thinking of Employee of the Month, but that's that's Larry the Cable Guy. No, Dane Cook's in Employee of the Month. Oh too. God, really? Is there a movie that stars both Larry the Cable Guy and Dane Cook? Uh, no, Larry the Cable Guy isn't in that. What's he in? I don't know. Larry the Cable Guy made a movie. It was like a Paul Blart kind of a thing. Does well, anybody care about it? You know, well, I, 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 guess I don't think I've ever seen about Boy, this is like my own guy. personal backyard tent city of bad movies because we started with, with uh, Jason Biggs and we ended up on, on Larry the Cable Guy and Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, the point is, just to, don't worry about it. Everything is fine. Jason Biggs, the pie humper, his features are intact. There's your monkey watch for a... Uh, Let's uh, do one more here, Tim, and then uh, we'll do one more, and then I'll reveal uh, what I think our new Jackson Watch theme is going to be. Here's uh, Tim Riley. A naked man hijacks a bus carrying students. He was angry and naked. He commandeered a school bus full of teenage students. This happened outside of Atlanta. Uh, Amherst Phnom, who's 23, darted toward the bus and hoisted himself through an open window. He took control of the bus as the freight and driver ran to the back of it. While the bus was moving, the man abandoned the steering wheel and walked toward the back of the bus. A student ran toward the steering wheel, prompting the man to fight the student. The unmanned bus continued until it left the roadway and crashed. 
The students uh, were all teenagers, thankfully, so they were all pretty resilient, even though it cracked into a wall. Uh, students running from the bus, yelling, help, help, help. Somebody hijacked the bus. Wait a minute, so the, the new guy got on the bus how? He climbed through a window. Oh, the bus, was he in a tree? It does, maybe it's one of like the Gibraltar apes. I don't know. It didn't specify. I mean, a school bus is pretty high off the ground, and those windows yes. don't go all the way down. You know, school bus the emergency exit. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's possible, I guess. I always wanted to pull that emergency lever when I was a kid, too, and it seemed like something really, really earth-shattering would happen if I did. It's like when I'm on an airplane, mm-hmm. and they're talking about the I'm emergency exit. I'm flying with you again. Are you really thinking that you the, want to open the door? But you can't do it in midair anyway. I mean, uh-huh. I, but, but when they say, like, your emergency exits are fore and aft, and you press on the... I I always have to fight off the urge. It's like well, let me ask you. Are you one this. of those guys that stands on the edge of a cliff and um, thinks about jumping, just to uh, see what it would be like? Not because you're suicidal. Yes, little bit. Me too. I sometimes. think on it, and then I have to, and then I have to get and then away from. I have from to the, back away me because too. I'm afraid that I'll. Like, I'm afraid that I'm going to do it. That the lizard part of my brain goes, do it. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be cool? Come on, yeah, kind of neat. Exactly. Oh. Also, here's the other thing. Like on the uh, on the subway, I always think about pulling that red lever that stops the you know did the I tell cord. You what I did on the subway when I was in New York? No. I crossed cars. While uh, the subway was going like 100 miles You're an hour. effing with me. From one car to another? I crossed cars. I uh, always wanted to do it. Uh, I thought it was going to be a Darwin watch. Um, we were like speeding. We were on the uh, on the L going from uh, Brooklyn to uh, that Swung me. open the door. And there, I'm, I'm out in the middle of the subway, you know, and there are these uh, the two Wind like, rushing by. brown parts that are just kind of, they don't connect, you know, they're kind of rubbing against each other. So jumped out onto one of the platforms, jumped onto the other one and opened the door on the other car. Oh, that's so creepy. It was so scary. Was it terrifying? It was terrifying and exhilarating. But I'll afterward, never... did you have the str- did you feel alive as you had never felt alive I've before? I always wanted to do that. That's one of the things I wanted to do in my life. I could check it off. It well, was scary as hell. I was afraid I was going to be a Darwin watch, but But even if you failed, you would have done it. I would have done it. Jesus, it's creepy. Uh, final thing for today. Uh, it, we won't have time to actually use this for anything because we're going to miss the Jackson reports, the autopsy, the, the coroner stuff's not going to come out. Uh, listener Ian heard us lamenting the fact that our, our Jackson watch theme didn't really work anymore. It wasn't, wasn't appropriate. Uh, so I'm going to edit this down and maybe uh, maybe get a sort of a stylized version of this. But I think this may serve as our Jackson watch theme uh, beginning next week. We need to week. put like the sa- some sound bites in it too, like the... Um Put them like in the, the mouth. This was delicious. Or like, uh, yeah, I called it Jesus juice or something, you know. But uh, so this may be our new Jackson Watch theme. So I think there's something there. I think that works. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take the old college try for this weekend. So, listener Ian, thank you. That's uh, well done, sir. Uh, As we wrap this up, I want to remind you that the KUFO half off sale uh, updates itself at 9 a.m., which is a few minutes from now. You're gonna be able to get such things as a $25 gift certificate to the Thirsty Lion Pub, European flavor, right in downtown Portland, serving lunch, dinner, and beverages seven days a week. American favorites, British fare as well, plus a list of domestic and import drafts and sports on the 50 inch. Plasma and you screen. can watch Timbers games there. And you can watch Timbers games. Uh, so that is the KUFO half-off sale. It updates itself at 9 a.m. But if you are caller 10 right now, you're going to win yourself a $25 gift certificate to the Thirsty Lion Pub. Caller 10 at 503-228-4101. And finally, apparently it was a Witless Protection Program. That was the Larry the Cable Guy film. I think it had Jenny McCarthy in it. So there you go. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins and Jim Roop for joining us today. Also, Chloe Kardashian. Oh, no, I guess not. Also, Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com. Dax Holt from TMZ. And uh, our congratulations to listener Roy, who is going to see ACDC from the front row this coming Monday. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. For Rock 101, KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler, who is our production assistant extraordinaire and who will be filming an episode of Leverage Sunday and
and Monday. The front desk, the gatekeepers, Dave's in, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru, Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds, Executive Producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up uh, at 9, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz, Gordon Fatboy, it's afternoon 3 to 7. Uh, it is Friday, August 28th, 2009, and that is The Frequency, Kenneth. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe, have a good weekend, and watch out for snakes and the monkeys. Bye. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.